All right, welcome everybody to a special episode of the Collector Cast. As uh, Bill pointed out in our last show, we were going to do a spoiler cast of Far Cry 4 because we've had some requests to do another spoiler cast. And we somehow even managed to trick Krabby into playing this one. Yup, we told them that Amiibos were part of it. <laughs> Did you, were you, were you furiously tapping your Amiibo to yeah. the well, I, I, I thought that Peg and Min had skinned Kirby and was wearing him as a suit <laughs> after a hunting mission. <laughs> Gotta look like that, doesn't he? Mr. Chiffon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, obviously we're going to say this right up front because it's going to come to you in your iTunes feed or whatever. So if you have not played Far Cry 4 yet, this is your last warning Turn it off now. Go play the game. Come back and listen to the episode later. We are going to spoil the living tar out of this thing. So, gentlemen. Yep. All right. So, first off, before we get into the story and kind of what we chose and everything, I kind of want to get some general impressions out of the way because I'm going to be curious to hear this. Um, Bill, I think you and I, in the last episode when we ranked these, probably gushed over this game enough, but I've not heard a word about what Krabby thinks. It's not not my kind of game but i i got more enjoyment out of it than i anticipated okay so that's not a ranking endorsement that's pretty good no yeah were okay. you pl- were you planning on getting almost no enjoyment out of it and then you got some or were you planning you know so what what was the expectation versus what you got yeah that's probably pretty close not not no enjoyment i, I was sure there was going to be something redeemable but yeah it, it was low low bar and i came out you know a little above that bar. Nice. All right. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that, that we didn't just make you play something that was mind-numbingly terrible or something. <laughs> well, there were there were some parts that were <laughs> very uncomfortable <laughs> to play. All right. Well, let's, um, let's start a little bit by just talking about some of the game mechanics before we kind of drag through some of the story, because this, this won't take a too much terrible time. I'm sure most people are kind of familiar with it, but, you know, obviously first-person shooter... Um, very mission sort of story based and kind of that free free world sort of thing. So so Krabby, what was the upside, downside on the mechanics? What part did you like? What part did you not like? I think I've mentioned it before, but open world games overwhelm me. Um I like as soon as you get a little freedom to roam around and you pull up the map to look at the mission and it wasn't too bad. There's you know, there's a lot of fog everywhere, so you only see a little bit. As soon as I opened up a you do one of the radio towers and take it down yep, bell tower, uh, and, yep. and it unfogs another area. I was just like staring at this map for like <laughs> 10 minutes. Like what, where do I go next? Like what's the story mission? I can go do this. I can go do that. Like just trying to plan it out. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just be told like, this is where you're going. This is what you're doing. Right. And now you have that option. You just have to manually follow, you know, the story mission. So is that, is that pretty much what you did as you, follow the story because that's what you wanted to do. <laughs> um, I'm not super familiar with these games. So I actually had a hard time figuring out what were the story missions. Cause there's not one icon. Like sometimes the, the golden path icon will come up, Sure, but you get to a point when it's like an A for an Amita and S for Sabal. I had no <laughs> idea those had anything to do with the story at all. Okay. So I, I played about like four or five hours of like just doing radio towers and outposts, trying to figure out where the next area was. <laughs> Oh, and that probably just made it worse because all you were doing is opening up more and more map. Without... Yeah, and then yeah, I had the whole southern map opened up before I figured out where to go. Yeah. That's pretty cool. 
<laughs> and then I, f- I figured out like really late in the game, like probably 10 hours in, that if you just zoom out as far as possible, it will show you the next relevant story mission. And I, I didn't figure that out right away, unfortunately. Yeah, because it always has kind of those things marked so you can see them at any time, no yeah, matter you, where you're at. If, yeah. if you zoom out as far as possible, it shows you like the quick travel points and the story points, the end. Mm-hmm. And that would have been really helpful early on, but I just overlooked that. So, yeah, before we get too far in, should we just talk about uh, the intro to the game and how you're dropped into the world? Yeah, I mean, we can start kind of tracing the story path through and whatnot. So, Bill, you want to kind of retell the, the kind of intro sequence? Uh, yeah, the, I really, really, really like the intro. Um, and, and before I get started, um, I should probably... We mentioned, obviously, this is Far Cry 4. I'm going to be making lots of references and comparisons to Far Cry 3. Um not super spoilery, but just thought I'd throw it out there in case anyone wanted to go into Far Cry 3 fresh, which uh, the games are absolutely not related except for like a couple of minor tangentially uh, uh, connected characters, um, but in no way, you know, related to, uh, you know, need to know the story from one to the other. Uh, so that being said, the way Far Cry 3 starts is, you know, you're kind of like uh, your character, Jason, is kind of like, you know, on like a, a vacation, like a tropical vacation with like your brother some friends, a couple of girls, a couple of guys, everyone's having a good time. And you kind of get taken uh, captive by this, like, you know, guerrilla warfare, uh, you know, mercenary uh, type of guys that are insane uh, and awesome. Um, and then, you know, they're, they're, they're captured. And then you, and I know Krabby wouldn't like this because it's kind of sounds piratey. Um, so these like, you know, <laughs> guerrilla pirates capture your friends and you have to like go kind of save them. And it never really felt like super organically, you know, clean story wise to me. Cause like, you're supposed to be like this helpless guy and you really become like a ruthless killer very quickly with a lot of like really advanced killing techniques like two hours in. Um, this feels a little bit more organic. So the way Far Cry 4 starts, um, you kind of hear some, you know, you're, you're in this, uh, uh, you know, fictional country of Kirat and uh, which is kind of like a, a mountainous, uh, almost like a Nepal Tibetan, uh, you know, type area. Um, if that, uh, if you guys agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, you're, you know, you kind of hear some conversations. Uh, you hear like a voicemail message, I think it is, from like a travel agent or the guy you're, you're trying to get your travel visa from. And he's like, you know, Mr. Gale, you know, we're not sure if we want to give you this. Like, you know, it's, it's a war-torn area. We know you want to, you know, yeah, spread your yeah. mom's ashes, go to the funeral. So you're kind of getting the backstory of like you're trying to – and then it, it kind of it opens up and you're on a bus, you know, in this, you know, country, uh, presumably on your way to spread your mother's ashes. Um and, you know, it shows you have an urn in your hand. And so basically that's the setup. And your bus is stopped by, you know, these, uh, uh, you know, these militant looking, uh, dudes outside. You don't really know what's going on because the, uh, you know, the, you don't speak the language and everything, but you're trying, like, your guide's trying to show them the passports. Everyone's legit and the, the soldiers don't care. And then guns start firing. People start dying. And, you know, you, you're, you're almost like kind of captured. Um, and then our fantastic villain makes his uh, uh, appearance, um, as uh, Krabby mentioned before, uh, Pagan Min, um, who's the, uh, uh, the 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 central, um, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a antagonist, antagonist. Uh, uh, yep. character uh, in the game, um, and he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal villain, phenomenal character, um, voiced by uh, 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 what's his name, Troy um, Baker. Troy Baker. Yeah, we said it last uh, last episode. <laughs> Um, really, really, really cool. And in a nutshell, he's, it, it's a really great intro where you kind of see that he's insane, 
but at the same time, like very eloquent, very well spoken, um, uh, and just kind of wants to have, have some fun. And you kind of get the sense that he knows you or at least is familiar with you or your family. And that's kind of where they start you off. Um, and, uh, I thought that I thought the intro was fantastic. And after I did the intro, I called my wife in the room and I said, listen, I know you don't like, you know, you know, the games, you're not into it the way I am. Can I please just show you this entire intro? <laughs> and I started a new <laughs> game and uh, I had her watch it from the beginning and then it was over. I looked at her and she gives you that look, you know, like when your wife looks at you, it's like, oh, he's so That's cute. cute. He honey. wants me to like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought the intro was fantastic. Yeah, especially like even with um, Peggy, you know, kind of comes in on his own on his own helicopter, and he's immediately yeah. berating his guards because he's like, "I explicitly told you not Ooh. to, you know, not to and, shoot. And, <laughs> and, Stop, not and, shoot. And, yeah, and and, yeah. And, and we're gonna and we're gonna get into this very very deep in a little bit. I don't want to, you know, we don't have to do it too much right now. But after you finish the entire story uh, in the single player game. What really stands out to me is everything that Pagan said in the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, and, and even when he's, <laughs> when he's talking to his guard and he says, I'm very careful with my words. Uh-huh. So they're telling you everything he says is very important because he's chosen the words very carefully. Yep. Stop so, the bus. Right. Stop <laughs> the bus. Not shoot the bus. <laughs> right. Because something stop. happens in the stop. Shoot. shoot. They sound. <laughs> the same and it's oh it's, it's a it's a great great bit of dialogue it and is. uh so something happens in you know a couple scenes later where again what he says specifically is very important and you all it almost goes right by you and then you at the end of the game and we'll talk about that uh, uh in a bit once we get to that point but it was i really think it was it's a brilliantly written character it's a brilliantly performed character um very much like Voss in uh in far cry uh, 3 it's very much uh, uh, not the typical villain. It's that kind of insane, but uh, very, uh, very, very interesting. You know, uh, uh, backstory of ins- uh, you know, kind of a calm he's, insanity. Yeah, he's like the most charismatic, crazy oh, yeah. person you'd ever want to run into, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you almost kind of don't know because you kind of come into him fresh. Yep. And. And he kind of just whisks you away to his helicopter, like we're going to have this wonderful time together. Yeah, you know, I mean, and that's the way he kind of sets yep. it up, right? Like, yeah, welcome, I mean, this is going to be yeah. great. Our, ours is enjoy a clean the show. crab rangoon. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Our, ours is a clean show, so we can't say what he says, but he kind of gives <laughs> the impression that, like, you know, we're going to have a great time together. And then the yeah. title screen, and you're kind of like, do I like this guy? I kind of yeah. feel like I like this guy right away, <laughs> even though yeah. he just killed the guy. <laughs> So, Krabby, the same thing. Did you have sort of like this is not a bad guy? I I was I was just really happy that you guys picked a game where all the story was in cutscenes. <laughs> I, I didn't have to try and absorb it like Bioshock. <laughs> I could actually sit there and pay attention to everything and, and That's get it. That's a very all. interesting uh, uh, point because I, I I remember talking about Bioshock with you and you were kind of like, oh, I didn't pick up on that, but you you know you're. You, you can't focus on story. You're kind of like in the middle of things. Yeah. No, I immediately, like in the bus, the first thing I was trying to do when they're shooting at me was walk around. I'm like, why can't I move? Why can't I move? I need to get out of this bus. And then eventually realizing it's a cutscene, I'm like, oh, sweet. <laughs> I can nice. sit back and soak this in. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So you do. You get whisked away, you know, and then you get the kind of the opening title sequence. And then you are sitting down at the dinner table with Pagan and... Mm-hmm. 
the guy that was trying to basically smuggle you in on the bus. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember his name right off the set, right off the moment. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't remember his name, but yeah. And then started the, and with then a the, D Dewari yeah. or Dewan or something. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. They make kind of a point of talking about him. And then you also have, um, Paul, right? Yep. Deploy. <laughs> there. Yeah. yeah. Paul is there at the, at the table as well. And and, and, uh, and originally, I thought we were in Pagan's uh, mansion, and as it turns out, like, oh, I'm in Deplure's mansion. So it's that was a piece that I had to kind of uh, uh, figure out after the fact. I did not know that until you just said that, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah it, it was there because the, they were the, talking about some things, right, that were right. going on. And and the thing is, I didn't pick up on the fact that his name was Pagan Min yet. I, you know, I hadn't just absorbed that piece of information yet. So when they when everyone we're skipping ahead a tiny bit, but everyone walks away and it's like, okay, like, you know, escape Deplore's mansion. I'm like, oh, you know, the, that guy is Deplore. But I'm like, oh no, that's Pagan Min. And then Deplore is Paul Harmon. So, uh, and that's actually one of the first, uh, uh, fortresses that you, uh, take over after you weaken it with a story mission is you go back to Deplore's mansion and that's the one that you take out when, uh, uh, you know, with the Nure, uh, uh, story, uh, uh, uh connection. But, do, uh, but yeah, do you so. guys, can I stop, stop you for one yeah, second? Yeah. Can you actually take over a fortress without completing the story mission? Is that yes. even possible? I did yep. all of them without yes. doing those. Okay, it's just very challenging? Yes, much more difficult. Okay. Yeah, I took a, like, it seemed like six helicopters before I got taken down, yeah. and they just kept coming. So, yeah, and, they will, pretty yeah, much. Okay. And, and the thing about that is you will still have to play that story mission at some point. Um, so, uh, the only advantage to doing it before the story mission is so that your outposts in the region stop getting attacked. Um, right. I didn't see really any other, uh, you know, I, I didn't do that, but I knew that it was, it was an option to do. Um, so, uh, so yeah, basically you, you, you're whisked off and you have Pagan at the table, the guy who was trying to smuggle you in, uh, Paul Deplore, uh, Harmon. And, you know, Pagan's giving this very, you know, very eloquent, very grandiose speech. He's walking around the table um, and Paul is, you know, calming you down, you know, kind of like, at one point, like your character looks at Paul and Paul's like stopping you from getting up or making any kind of move. Like, no, just sit there. Don't do anything. Right. Um, I, I thought it was really fun. It was, it was almost Joker-esque to me. And I'm not entirely certain that the purple suit on Pagan is entirely, you know, by accident. I really think there is a Joker parallel uh, with him because he is you know, charismatic chaos. And he's a character you really, you really like. Um, when, when, so when the guy who smuggled you in, he's sitting there and you can tell he's terrified. You don't really know anything, <laughs> yeah. but he's sitting there and like, you see in his eyes and he's looking around and his hands run to the table. So basically, uh, uh, pagan like stabs him, uh, uh, with, was it like a fork or a knife or something? Yeah. Because Good he has knife. like, a, he yeah. tries like a, he has like a phone or something. Right. right? And, 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 yeah. and that and it's so funny though. Cause he, like he stabs him and then he grabs his phone so like this guy's been trying to text like you know the other rebels for help. Yeah. And uh-huh. and two two things happened that made me laugh. Pagan uh turns to his guards and is like, "Really guys? We're not checking for these anymore?" <laughs> <laughs> and the other piece is he reads the text message and he's like, "Oh, help. You're calling for help?" <laughs> so on the one hand it's a joke, but on the other hand, you know, in a few minutes when you're trying to escape and you see the help has arrived, you're like, Ah, that's how they knew we were here. Um, so, so during this whole conversation where, you know, Pagan's kind of walking around and explaining, uh, you know, like, I, like I knew your mother. She was awesome, blah, blah, blah. He's trying to give you like, like, let you know that like he's, he's like on your side, but 
you still know he's kind of crazy because he's like stabbing people with knives and taking their phones. Um, so basically he has to go deal with some business. So he says to you, um, okay, like, you know, like stay here, enjoy the crab rangoon. I'll be right back. And then he leaves and you're alone in this room, you know, this uh, almost like a pagoda, like a tower type thing. And you can stay there as long as you want. And then after, after a short amount of time, like a message kind of comes up on your screen and says, escape the mansion. So you're like, okay, I'm out of here. So you start going downstairs and downstairs and you hear this like electricity, like, like zapping and like the lights kind of flickering. So when you get down there, you see that Paul, uh, Paul and his men are, you know, electrocuting the guy who smuggled you in. They're like, you know, trying to get information from him. And then, uh, just in the next room, the Golden Path, who are the, you know, the indigenous uh, peoples who are against the, uh, uh, royal military and pagan men, they find you and they're like, okay, we're going to get you out of here. Um, we can't save okay, that now, dude. Oh, go ahead. I, I want to hold on for a second, though. Yeah, sure. The torture sequence. Did you guys stick around and watch that? I didn't. Not for that long. Would be, no. <laughs> No, yeah, I sat th- I sat through the whole thing, and <laughs> it really develops this character of Paul because Paul's sitting there and he's just kind of like, "Come on, why? You know, why do we got to do this?" Sort of because Paul is basically like think about the most corporate American sort of guy with an evil twist that likes to you know burn ants with a, a magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, so he's sitting there and he's kind of going through all this like, oh, man, like he's really kind of inconvenienced, like, oh, why do we have to, you know, all this? And then he gets like a phone call and he's talking to like his his wife and his daughter. He's, oh, hey, honey, how are you? And oh, no, businesses, I'm really busy. And he's talking to his, oh, hey, sweetie, how are you? And at the time he's torturing this guy, electrocuting I, yeah, him or whatnot. I didn't get that phone call stuff until later on when you're storming the fortress. When yeah, yeah. So when you, you know you kind of like the bag over your head, and then he's like, "Oh, hey, sweetie, no, yeah, yeah. put her on the phone." Hey, how you I didn't realize that if you waited that long in the initial torture sequence that you could get some of that. Yeah, if you wait, nobody will come and get you. You can mm. just sit and watch through all the way, and it's probably uh, you know probably three, four, five minute sequence wow. of like this whole thing that goes on uh, and him. So it really sets that character up really where well. this weird kind of twisted. He's kind of like this American you know, business guy that's come over here to kind of get his kicks and still maintain this, you know, uh, nuclear family sort of thing at home that knows nothing about what he's doing at all. What's a nuclear family? Uh, you know, <laughs> wife, couple kids, boy and a girl, white picket fence, that yeah. sort of okay. thing. I've heard the term nuclear family. I didn't ever know what it it was referring to that. Yeah. To, to oh, cool. Married couple, 2.5 kids, white picket fence, you know, American nice. dream. Right. Very cool. Um, so, but yeah, and, and a lot of that goes back to like, I've talked about before, I find it very difficult to do things with a character in a game when I have a choice that I wouldn't do myself. So that's probably why I didn't stick around and watch the torture sequence because I didn't feel comfortable with a human being being tortured right there. Yeah. And there's did, no way did, you can interfere. Did you try and interfere though? Like, did yeah, you, you try can't, and get you in there and like... I didn't try to interfere because I thought I'd get caught. I did try to like find a way to shut off the electricity. I was I followed the electrical wire. I'm like, okay, okay, is there an off shut? Like, where is it? And in the next room, I was planning on seeing if I could, you know, like find a power breaker or something. But right in the next room, they they grab me and they're like, okay, like we're gonna get out of here. Yeah, it's all just a scripted sequence, and you can't interrupt it at all. But if you want to sit and watch it and kind of get to know the characters, you can. I mean, they kind of stop, because once he starts getting the phone call and stuff, he's preoccupied, and he doesn't really mess with the guy a whole lot anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that was really interesting. 
Yeah, and then the escape is pretty straightforward. You know, run, get out of here, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you eventually get back to um, kind of this first tower place where you have to fight off these guys on snowmobiles, right? Yeah, the, uh, the what do you call it, the... Uh... The bell tower, like when they yeah. when they take you up for the the bell tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of sets up the storyline, and from there, once you kind of then you're dropped off at like this town, which is the home base of this Golden Path, um, right. and the Golden Path being the rebels that are fighting against pagan men to save their country of Karat. Right. To, to yeah. To to make sure they preserve the tradition. Like there, there's a couple different factions, but in, for the most part. They're trying to preserve the tradition and culture of their country. Um, what and then well, there's a, they're, they're, well, that's one the, side they, is well, yeah, yeah. There's a couple different fa- Well, they're trying to. It's I think it's ma- a pretty even split. Well, I shouldn't say preserve their culture. It's uh, they're trying to get rid of pagan men. <laughs> that's what yeah. they're trying to do. Both want to get rid of pagan and the royal army. One side is willing to evolve and become. You know, like anything they need to be, and the other side is very much rooted in no, we have to be exactly the way we've always been in tradition and our culture. Yeah, yeah and that's so that fair. that first thing you really get in, introduced to, kind of the main two heads of those factions, you get introduced to Sabal and Amida, and mm-hmm. Sabal is um, somebody that knew your father very well, respects your father. Um, who was a who was the one that started the Golden Path, and uh, and the whole rebellion? They never really tell you a whole lot about your father, but uh, but Sabal reveres your father, and uh, and he tr- teaches you know takes you over to meet Amita, and Amita's kind of a firebrand, right? She's kind of you know like a, uh, yeah. not real thrilled about this backwards yeah, you know, women like, have to take a back seat sort of thing. And, and honestly, like even when like I agreed with some of the things that Amita was all about. I just didn't like Amita very much. Like she wasn't, like I understand, like she's in, a, you know, she's in the middle of like this on this civil unrest, this war torn country. But like, whether you like Sabal or not, Sabal was like, "Oh, it's good to have you with us, brother. Like this is what we're trying to do. Like, what do you think?" And Amita, Amita's like, "I don't like you." And you're like, "Well, <laughs> well, I want you to think about it this way, because this is the way I took it. Because I kind mm-hmm. of tried to say, okay, what's Amita's side to this? She's a woman in a society where women are severely repressed." You know, systematically, the women have no rights. They're treated like meat, and it's made her very angry kind of about this. Yeah, but you still got to be hospitable. No, she's she's upset. She's like, this is wrong. You know, she she's the first one to get that role of power too. So she's trying to stretch her authority, I think, as well, and come off as strong and powerful and passionate, and doesn't want to be seen as any sort of weakness at all. And I think she has to be because it's a male dominated world, and she's the one. She can't sh- show any weakness. She has to be as good or better than all the men just to stick around, right? So you come up, and you're just some new guy. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay, who are you? Right? Yeah, and the, the other guy just died, and so it's like he died to save what? Yeah, save who, who? who are you? Yeah. Do they and do they ever really dig into AJ's background? Like, does he have any military training or anything like that? I didn't pick up on anything like that. They just I kind of either. leave it leave it blank, so you can kind of fill it in yourself. Yeah, I don't. There's not really that much background. You know, you know, he's been living in the U.S. with his mother, and that's about it. So, right. you figure he has to have some sort of training because he's pretty handy. I think at one part <laughs> in the beginning, when he starts talking, he's he talks about like he's not, you know, 
he's not experienced in combat mm. um, in some of those initial conversations. But, I mean, he seems to know his way around weapons pretty well. So whatever that means. Mm. Can I can I just mention real quick, uh, uh, I did pick up on Sabal's voice actor very, very quickly. Did both of you guys? No. No. Did either of you watch Lost? No. Yes. It's, oh, uh, is it Saeed? It's Saeed. Ah. No, Saeed. I did so not the, know that. Yeah, the well, the Saeed character from Lost, it's Naveen Andrews, is the voice actor. Because I heard it, and like I heard it a few times, and the accent's a little bit different, but I was like, that's gotta be him. <laughs> I looked it up, and sure enough, it is. Did they mix a little Desmond in there, too, with all the brothers? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the... Uh, oh, that's, that's, I forget the voice actor's name, but yeah, he was, he was good. <laughs> So they kind of introduce you to this, and they, that kind of gives you the initial setup. So once you kind of clear that first town, then the world starts to open up. And, you know, that takes you to the first sort of like, you know, they want you to go and, you know, liberate a bell tower to get started. And- right. And they kind of – it's you know, through the first handful of, uh, you know, uh, missions and sequences kind of explain to you uh, the mechanics of the game, which should be very familiar if you played uh, especially Far Cry 3 or Blood Dragon, which – you open up areas of the map by, uh, you know, liberating these bell towers. And, uh, then from there, you can see, uh, the things to do on the map, whether it's missions to help the golden path strengthen or to, you know, take out outposts of the, uh, of Pagan Men's Royal Army to, you know, weaken their, their, you know, chokehold on the, uh, on the good peoples of Karat. Um, so without getting, you know, before we get too far into that, can we talk a little bit of a comparison between Far Cry 3 and 4 with how much better they made liberating the towers and more interesting each tower was instead of just cookie cutter tower like Far Cry 3 was? Um, I mean, to some degree, I would agree with you. They're a little more complex than, mm-hmm. than they were in 3, but... And it wasn't a problem. I just felt with 3, it's like, you know, you walked up to a tower, there was three or four levels of stairs that you walked around. It was, you know, mostly just like, you know, uh, scaffolding or, you know, you could see through it. Once in a while, you had to jump to the next level up, but for the most part, they were very, very, very easy to uh, navigate. Um, every t- bell tower in Far Cry 4 is a little bit different, and even if they weren't, you know, the most challenging thing in the world, they at least kept you engaged as you're trying to scale this tower. And uh, I, I thought it was really funny some of the uh, some of the uh, the the messages that were playing on cassette tapes uh, <laughs> uh, from uh, from pagans. Uh, Ministry of Public Affairs and Social Harmony. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I thought she was great, and I loved that. Uh, like her voice would keep going till the second you like ripped the tape out of the uh, of the uh, bell tower uh, amplifier uh, on it. Uh, you know, at the top of the tower. Yeah, that was I, one of the parts of the game I enjoyed the most was liberating the radio towers. It was mm-hmm. it was fun to climb them. Yeah, it was engaging, definitely. So I'm curious because for me, as soon as I got my whole hands on the helicopters, I just started just flying the helicopter to the top, jump out, kill the bell tower, the buzzers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now when you told me that, I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I should have done that. And then like I had a few bell towers left to do, so I tried it on a few of them, and I was like, I don't like that. You'd I did it once, it. And, yeah. and then the second time I tried it, you know, when you go too high and it just starts, like, beeping and then yeah. explodes, yeah. Uh-huh. that happens, so I never tried it again after oh, okay. <laughs> Usually yeah, so that will happen, but if you're fast yeah. enough, you can land it. Yeah, I so, did it the, so, right the first time. It was just every time after that. So speaking of that, did, I just found this out, and, and I'm sure the internet probably already knows about it, but I was playing co-op with a, a friend of mine, and I told him, oh, no, yeah, I was playing with Duke, and we, you know, we, we found out that you can, you know... Uh, Two people can ride in a, in a gyro, so we can just go. 
And uh, I took off without him, like, you know, just a little bit too early. And he was like, and he was like, wait a minute, the grapple thing came up. And I was like, what? are you kidding? You can grapple onto the bottom of a gyro oh. while your friend is flying it. And <laughs> just swing awesome. from it. <laughs> is, so, man, this we, is, we, yeah. we discovered that recently, but we, we found out that he's, uh, uh, he's not great at avoiding trees while I'm flying a gyrocopter <laughs> through the forest. <laughs> this game has so much of those make-your-own-fun moments. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. But uh, really, beyond that, I mean, most of the first act is really just sort of introducing you to the mechanics of the game. Here, go to a yes. bell tower, liberate this, go yeah. uh, over here and fight these bad guys, go over here and right. save some hostages... Right, you, you know, want to want want to carry more money, you know, hunt some animals, craft some stuff, you know, and you're introduced. Besides the main story missions, there's uh, several key uh, characters that give you quests. Um, uh, and uh, I guess we we could go through each of those really quick. There's only three or four of them. Yeah, I mean, there's Longinus, right? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a huge. I mean, it's an it's an interesting <laughs> character. I didn't love. Crabby Longinus. must really like Longinus. What did you say? I said Krabby must. He's laughing. What, what, what do you think of Longinus, Krabby? <laughs> you love Longinus? Uh, so far, I'm agreeing with Bill here. He's not not the most lovable character I've met. Right. He's one of these guys who, like, he almost reminds me, not to keep referencing Lost, um, what was the name of the guy? I forget the character's name in Lost, but, like, the the, the large black African... Uh, Mr. Echo. Yes, Mr. Echo. That's right. Um, and when you see some of his backstory, uh, we have lost spoiler alerts in this podcast apparently too. <laughs> when you see some of his backstory, you realize, okay, like, he here's was... the biggest lost spoiler. It sucks. Don't watch yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's, uh, uh, he was a priest and, um, you find out he was a really, really bad man and he's really trying to atone for some of the things that he's done. So it kind of reminded me of this Longinus character. Um, not just because they're both black and they're both obviously from Africa, um, I thought Longinus had a really interesting haircut too. He has like this, like, <laughs> yeah. he, he has this Jersey Shore blowout. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, he's, uh, and I can't do his voice because it'll sound stupid, but basically, you know, it's obvious, uh, 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 uh that he's from, uh, the motherland. And, uh, basically he's an arms dealer. He's into blood diamonds. He's into, you know, so the thing is, he's, He's, he's been shot and he tells you the story about, you know, like he has bullets lodged in him and like, you know, they, he's trying to atone for some of the bad things he's done, but he's still doing really bad things. Um, yeah. and the whole, th the whole idea is you're trying to do these missions for him to get like blood diamonds and get weapons. And he's providing the golden path with weapons, uh, uh in return. Um, there's only four Longinus missions. Um, like most of these, uh, you know, side characters, there's only four. Um, it, and then we'll talk about the fate of each of these characters that you have a hand in deciding in a little bit. Um, but uh, but that's you know that's is that enough about uh, just setting up Longinus for for now? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, you, you forgot the hyper religious element he hides behind too. Oh, absolutely. He he's almost like a, a, a like you know. He, like, he yeah he quotes like he's a scripture yeah, he's, he quotes he, scripture to quotes scripture uh, constantly yeah but yeah. not not properly <laughs> no. and then and then one I think one, doesn't he refer eight, to each gun as like or each bullet as a sermon uh, yeah yep. I mean and, he yeah. says the correct lines from the Bible but he's trying to equate it with these crazy what he's things. doing yeah. yeah yeah and isn't there one time when he was like oh like what chapter and verse is that and he was yeah. like. Not everything is from the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was like the last mission, I think. Uh, but, I mean, did you guys buy it? Did you think that he was legit? 
You... Are, are, are we spoiling yeah, the ahead. end here? <laughs> well, I mean, we can't. Longinus's story really doesn't have much to do with the main story arc. No, I, I mean, the end of his arc. Well, we can talk. Can. I think now yeah, because he doesn't really yeah. factor into the main story at all. Yeah, I, I kind of believed that he was buying his own BS until yes. the very end when he obviously didn't care and <laughs> was using right. you to his own ends. So you guys thought? I see. I thought the whole time that he was just crap. And he was trying to string me along because he just wanted the diamonds, right? But yeah, he was yeah. trying to, like, get me to think that, you know, maybe if I felt for him or saw mm-hmm. him as this kind of character that I would do it to help him. Um, yeah. I always thought that he thought he was righteous. Really? Yeah. I, I always thought that he thought 100%. That I, I didn't think he was trying to pull anything over on me. I, I always thought that he thought he was legit and righteous and doing good stuff. But at the same time, at some point during the final mission... I remember turning to my wife who wasn't paying attention to what I was playing at all and said, <laughs> and I said to her, if they give me the chance, I'm shooting Longinus in the head. And she looked back at me and said, who's Longinus? <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but at, at the thing is at the end of the day, at the, after the last mission, Longinus is kind of packing up like, okay, I'm getting out of here, you know, South America, this other place, wherever the Lord takes me to do my work. And like, and during the last conversation that you had, not conversation, during the last, you know, dialogue that he has with you, as he was speaking, I was kind of thinking, ah, I, I, I can't kill this guy. He thinks he's doing well. So maybe, like, let's, maybe let's try to guide him on the right path. Let's try and do something. And I was kind of surprised because a lot of the characters in the game, you were given at least like a choice or a hand in what their, what their final fate is. And with Longinus, you weren't. He mm-hmm. just, you know, once your conversation was over, he's gone. I'm going to guess Longinus will return in DLC, but that's probably my yeah, that's thoughts probably behind a safe it. But yeah, I thought he was just, you know, trying to do the crazy like a fox sort of thing. But, mm. you know, who knows? But yeah, that's his whole point. Uh, you know, his whole function in the game, a lot of it is to supply you with a lot of new weapons. I mean, that's kind of yeah. like the function that he serves. Yeah. And to get yeah. you to the Himalayas, right? Right. When you get up into the the first time you get to see snow leopards because you haven't been north yet. Yeah, he sends you up in the mountains for a couple missions that you and there's no other way for you to get there normally, right? Unless you're in these missions. So he, he plays into the flavor of the golden path too with supplying them with weapons as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he does. Yeah, they, otherwise they'd just be getting weapons from who knows where. You just assume it, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. But uh, so that's Longest. Uh, then we had um, Yogi and uh, well, what's the other guy's name? Reggie. Reggie, Reggie and Yogi. Yeah. Right? Now, I thought the dialogue with these guys was all very, very funny. I thought the missions, for the most part, I mean, it's weird that like these like trippy missions where like things are like materializing and moving and falling from the sky. It's weird that those missions to me would feel like the least interesting. Um, but I they really were. just, they I were. really just felt like I was running from this point to this point, And then when it was done, it was done. So Yogi, it, was, it was kind of a cool little break, but yeah, Yogi and Reggie, um, they're at your house, right? When you first meet them. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're occupying. Your father's old house. Yeah. They're right. occupying the, 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 the Gale homestead. They call it. They're, they're squatters basically. Yep. So they, so basically you, you, you know, the first time you approach your, uh, you know, the, the Gale homestead, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, you, you kind of walk in and Yogi and Reggie, these two kind of, w- would you say British? Yeah, they're Brits. Yeah. 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 So, so two British, uh, um, I guess you'd call them, you know, burnouts, potheads, whatever you want to call them. They're, they're into drugs all the time, all day long, you know, whatever. Um, so you kind of come in and they're, um, you can kind of tell they're employed by some of the bad guys in the game. 
Um, and you find out later that uh, I think Paul has hired them. Um, so basically you show up there and then, you know, they're smoking and you're, they're like, Oh, okay. We got, we got a guy. We got a guy. We got a guy. Okay. Uh, they're like, Oh, this is, and they're like giving tours of like, you know, the legendary Mohan Gali's house. So after a little bit, you're like, this is my house. What the hell are you guys doing here? Um, and you know, long story short, after like a little bit of dialogue, they stick you with a needle. They inject you with something. And I think the first time they do that, you wake up in In the arena. in the arena, like this battleground, um, where, uh, how do you, how do you say it? Nure or Noor? Noor. Noor. Yeah. Noor. So Noor, who's a character who's being played by, uh, by Pagan and his, so she's, she's seen to be a partner of theirs, but so basically there's this whole big arena and she's, you know, introducing you to the people as if she hates you. Like, ah, oh, here's the, you know, the, he's living in American decadence and now he's come back and he's going to have to pay for his crimes. And then she's like whispering to you, I'm so sorry, buddy. We're going to get out of this. Okay. (laughs) So, so, um, and basically she, you know, she's, uh, she's, oh, there's a knife down there. So she, you, you can tell she's playing a part in this, um, you know, right from the beginning. Yeah. And basically you have to fight your way out of this arena. And once you do, she kind of explains to you, you know, like, don't be mad at Yogi and Reggie. They're being played just like you, just like me. They're just pawns in this whole big thing. So Yogi and Reggie are, you know, there's a couple of, uh, sequences where, they drug you and that they're trying to like test out their drugs, see how great they are. So you basically go through this like trippy psychedelic sequence with crazy music and crazy lights and like, Oh, everything's, everything's high and happy. And then by the end of that sequence, I think all it does is upgrade one of your, uh, your boot, your like boost syringes, right? I don't even remember. I mean, every mission <laughs> that you do with them is retrieve your mess, your weapons from Reggie and Yogi. Yeah, they stole um, your gear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to me, they were the worst missions yeah. in the I, game. I'm I'm with you there. They were they were more annoying to me than Longinus was. Yeah, mm. because it was always like, uh, you know, yeah, the colors are going crazy. You have to stick to some path. I mean, there was a couple that were creative, um, like you know. After, after the first one, though, when when I figured out that you just have to run and get your bag, that's all. Like Bill said, it was just run to the end as quick as I could and get the mission over with. Yeah, yeah. They like the one with like the. Um, you know, like when you're on the boat and things are kind of just all weird and everything. Trucks are falling into the yeah, lake. Yeah, that sky. one wasn't bad. <laughs> that one wasn't bad, but overall, I seemed like it was, um, like why, right? Why would that, why after, is this here? After playing the, 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 the like Shangri La missions, though, where things are different kinds of like surreal, they were those were way more enjoyable and fleshed out, and, and those the drug ones kind of seemed like an afterthought after playing those other ones. Right. Well, and, mm. I, and those two things are directly tied together because, um, you know, after you go through this first sequence, they are like, okay, we'll get out of the house. Cause you're like, get out, you know? And they tell you about this tapestry or whatever that's, you know, in uh, Tonga. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, supposed to be in the thing in, in the house and it's been ripped up and, and kind of scattered. So that starts opening up where you can start doing these Shangri-La missions. Um, so you go to these certain points and you learn about this um, ancient character. I can't remember what was the character's name. Do you guys remember? Ugh. Who was the hunter? I don't remember his name. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. But anyway, this ancient hunter from this land whose job was to go to this, um, like, I mean, I I thought it was probably more some like some in drug induced other world kind of thing. Is that what you guys thought it was? 
I know. I thought he was like, I thought it was like a legend. Like he was, he made it into heaven. I didn't think there was like reality oh. behind it. I always thought it was like a myth that, that we were playing through. Okay. But uh, this character you play as, and you're there really to kind of open, basically unlock these bells and get rid of the evil in Shangri-La, right? Is that kind of the gist? Yeah. Uh, and there's several, and every time you beat one of them, you get a piece of this tapestry. So there's five, right? Five pieces right. all together. Yep. yep. Uh, and every one, you get kind of a new power every time you do a new Shangri-La mission. So I think the first one you get the tiger, the then you get a bow. Uh, I don't know. Then you get the five arrows and then the elephant. Yes, yeah, that's right. And uh, the bow slows down time or whatever it is. Right. And the bad guys in that one are much tougher, right? They will kill you very quickly. Yeah, like two hits. Oh no, yeah. I, I actually didn't like uh, a lot of the until you start getting a little bit more powered up. I really didn't like those sequences because it kind of you know you are just kind of like hiding until you can pick them off one at a time as opposed to, you know, expertly and covertly taking rooms out. So it, it kind of messed with the flow of the game for me a little bit. And the very last Shangri-La uh, sequence I hated because oh. I thought it was very difficult, but that was just me. Crabby, did you do them all? Yeah, I did them all. I had more trouble with the one where he would vanish when you hit him than I did with the last one. That bird fight. Yeah, that was easy. Like it was very systematic, I thought. Well, once I knew what to do, but it shoot didn't give the, you any... Shoot him in, in the, the glowing spot, <laughs> just but, like every video game in history. But, I mean, it wasn't really... You had to shoot him when his mouth was open, right? Yeah, was but that, that his... was the spot that would glow. Everything <laughs> was black. He'd open his mouth, and you saw the, the weak point, and you shot him. I guess, but then you have to go, like, after you hit him so many times, and he goes to the ground, and then you have to attack him, and then... You shoot a wolf in his face, in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. So, did you like those then, Krabby? No, not really. The the flying <laughs> got really uh, it was like it was the cool flying. the first time you did it, oh, and then after man. that, it's like, oh, when am I gonna land? I gotta hit that other stream of air to shoot up, and no, they 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 were too long. And was it just me? I mean, there was no payoff whatsoever. Yeah, like well, all of the uh, the side questing stuff had very weak payoffs. I wasn't satisfied with any of those, really. But at least the other ones, like, you'd get, like, a cool weapon or something. But this one, it's like, oh, here's the tapestry. But the weapons weren't even good. Like, you could you could get better yeah. ones just from playing. Yeah, yeah. I think it was sometimes just some filler. Yeah. And it did, it really twisted around the mechanics of the base game a lot. Yeah, like yes. Bill was saying, it's like, okay, now be stealthy and you're weak. And it's like, yeah. that's not fun. And I didn't really enjoy the Yogi and, and what's-his-name Reggie missions that much either. So that was probably the part of the game I felt that was probably the weakest. Yeah. Luckily, they were all, like, short. Yeah, and then uh, probably the only other side character before, like, the other main characters would be Herc, right? Which you meet at the end of basically the big first act. There's one more, too. Who's that? Uh, Robbie Ray. Oh, Robbie Ray Rana. <laughs> Robbie Ray Rana. And if you wanted to, you could, You could. I mean, you only see him, like, I think just the once, but there's uh, yeah. Mr. Chiffon. Oh, oh, yeah. Right, yeah. You only see Robbie Ray the once, so you just hear from him more. Right. If that One time you go meet him when he tells you about the propaganda centers when you yeah. when you first meet him. Um, but yeah, so so you started with Herc, right? We'll start with him? Sure, yeah. Um, Her, Herc is Murica. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's, I mean, it's and and you know, you know exactly what I mean. If uh, if you know when you M U R I C A. Oh yeah, like he, 
you know, pot belly, yep. bandana pot, wearing. Yep. Bandana on the head, goatee, like, come on, man, we're going to do the thing. Yeah, somebody like, drug him out of Georgia <laughs> yeah. and stuck he, him in the murder, But at the same time, he's the, the, the sequence where you meet him was like was one of the funniest Herc sequence. I mean, a lot of this <laughs> stuff is funny, but it was so funny where he's, he's like driving in, he's on like a mounted gun on like a Jeep and you know, one of the golden path is driving him around and, he, and he's just like, you're like, woo, yeah, like we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna kill these golden path guys. <laughs> and, and you know, you're just standing there and you're like, Hey, we're the golden path. The Royal army is who like we're, we're fighting. Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> These guys been giving me so much stink eye for that. <laughs> I I really thought it was a really funny character, but uh, and then the, uh, there's the the other one I really liked is when you're like riding around on the uh, elephant with him, uh-huh. and then at the end of that sequence, uh, uh, oh, he falls off. He falls off, and oh, he's I'm like, a sacrum. Oh, I'm a sacrum. <laughs> oh, he's, and and then you're like, oh, come on, come, you'll live. See, how do you know? are you a doctor you a doctor and then uh, he, he just keeps talking and then he's like nah it feels better you're right i'm gonna live <laughs> uh, the he, only her sequence i got was the first introduction because i didn't do any co-op stuff so i oh, <laughs> well, you didn't, thing I, I never got uh-huh. you, you didn't have the uh dlc from the uh launch pre-order uh, okay that's probably why Oh, is that what that mission was? I yeah. Realize. They sell um, it and, separately now, but... Um, yeah, and uh, Herc's Redemption, that's right. That's what it was. It's Oh, Herc's... So the one where Herc is locked up and you have to save him, that's DLC? Yeah, all those monkey missions and all oh, that. Oh, I that's, didn't know that. That's all DLC. Oh. And, and and not to get too inappropriate, but, you know, just that's just how he is. So, like, when you're when you're riding on this elephant and, like, you know, something happens, somebody's, you know, someone's complaining, he's he's like, uh, uh, dude, this elephant... Uh, what was the line? <laughs> I don't uh, he's, he's, he's something like uh uh like uh this this elephant's got four balls on his back. Don't you complain about nothing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Herc is the is the comedy relief, you know, uh, and generally you're more laughing at him than with him. I think. Yeah. Um, but he has this gigantic harpoon gun uh, that he, he carries around him. So after you finish all of his missions, you get the giant harpoon gun. Um, which is like the biggest, like a uh, terrible weapon ever, but it's hilarious to use it because yeah. you just literally spear these people to walls, uh, or whatnot. So it shoots right through them, but, uh, it takes so long to load. It's, it's, it's a joke, kind of just fun weapon. Uh, not very practical. Uh, pretty much like you would expect Herc to have, right? Just be like, this is the biggest, <laughs> baddest, ugliest, you know, worthless gun. Yeah. Uh, ever. And, and he's, a. uh, uh and, and and again, it's all supposed to be funny. So um, the uh, the sequence where, uh, and again, I don't know if this is DLC or not because just you know, I just I just had it. But uh, um, everything besides the first one is really uh, besides co-op is. I, I had no I had no idea. So is, is it okay for me to talk about this sequence that I think is awesome? Sure. Yeah, it was a spoiler so, cast. So so okay. So real <laughs> quick, um, and because honestly, like I didn't realize this is DLC and. I'll tell you right now, if, if you can get this for, you know, whatever your, your price on, you think good price in DLC is, they are some fun missions. Um, one of them though is, uh, you know, you, you go to, you go to find him and, uh, he gets you on the radio and he's like, Hey man, I was, I was in here. I was trying to steal something. I got in the back. So I set this bomb on this, uh, uh, on this, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, vehicle of theirs and I set it to go off once the, you know, bomb, once like a certain speed is triggered. But then I couldn't get off uh, the thing in time, so now I'm stuck on the bus. 
and you're like, so once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed, and then if it drops below 50, it blows up. And, he, and you're like, this sounds a lot like the plot of, and then Herc's like, come on, man, come rescue me, be my Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> so during this mission, you have to fly a gyro, and you have to trail the bus that it's on. You have to take over the bus without stopping it, and then escape with him on it without slowing down too much, or the bomb will blow up. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Herc is good company. Comedy relief. I mean, you know, if you want to invest in some DLC, but if you pre-order the game, you got it. So right. that's kind of how that works. But um, after Herc, that really is uh, like uh, that's what unlocks co-op. So at right. that point in time, if you want to play co-op, you can do that. And then we get to the first real, probably um, choice mission between Sabal and Amita. Mm-hmm. And in that one, you have a choice. Um, Amita wants you to go out and recover some uh, intelligence that will help the Golden Path fight the Royal Army. And to mm-hmm. do that, you know, there's some people that are going to lose their lives. That's kind of just part of the deal. And Sabal is like, want to make an omelet? Yeah. And Sabal's like, we can't lose people. You know, that's not acceptable. The intelligence can go. We have to save our our people. And you have to make that choice. I mean, it's kind of a gross sim- uh, simplization, but. They state their case. You can listen to both of them, and you have to make a choice as to which way you want to go. So, um, Krabby, who did you who did you go with? I went with the Mita off the first one. I went for the Intel. You went for the Intel. All went right. The Intel. Bill? I want Sabal. Sabal. And I went with Amita. So, mm. I think regardless on these choices, it really just sets up storyline things. The missions themselves are not terribly different. No, it, it's well, they're 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 the same, you know, mission setup. It's just you know slightly different on what you'll what you'll be doing, whether you're like arming bombs versus disarming bombs, or you know stuff like that. Yeah, so like the first one there, you had to go save hostages. Bill, was that kind of the deal? Like, oh, there's some bad guys. Go not let them die. Yes. And Krabby and I, what, what was it, Krabby? We just had, like, these hunters and stuff. We just had to go kill a yeah, bunch of them, right? Yeah, you said to clear the area so that you could search for the intel once the area was secure. Right, right. And these stories... Oh, oh, oh so, you, so you're talking like the... And it, was that when hunters were introduced yes, to you guys? Yes, So I got to tell you, I hate hunters. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm glad that they're in the game because they introduce a new element to the game that forces you not to rely on the mechanics of... Oh, I can just hide in a bush and pick people off. Like, and hearing those whistles, like you'd be walking through the woods. Once you heard that whistle and you're like, oh crap, get behind a tree. Like, you know, break the line of sight. So in a nutshell, hunters are enemies that you cannot tag on your radar for longer than a couple of seconds before the tag disappears. They see you through brush um, and they communicate with each other by whistling to let each other know where you are without alerting you that they know where they are. Um, they're very, very tricky and very dangerous in groups and if you try to send a dangerous animal or predator to attack them, they will charm it like Crocodile Dundee, <laughs> and now it's coming after you. That's not a um, knife. That's a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So, uh, so yes. Yeah, so my mission, I remember it was okay. Get to this area, and so you guys were supposed to do what exactly? Just kill everybody. Kill bad guys killers. until you find the intel that one of them is is holding. Okay, yeah, mine was, uh, I had to get to this area and secure it because these guys were going to be coming in to, uh, uh, to steal, you know, something from us. So 
we had I had to like like defend that same little building, and all the hunters started coming in. Then so then once that was done, I had to go to a nearby area to get the in to uh, get the intel. Oh, okay. Um, but either way, all this does is really set up. Uh, every time you make one of these decisions, it forks the path a little while until you get back to another decision point, and you can choose and, a yeah, different path. And they, and they call them balance of power missions, right? Yes. Yes. Right. So, cause it, so it, it can shift the balance of who's you know has more influence over the golden path, Sabala or Amida, depending on which uh, you know which you side with. And really, all it does is kind of change the mission structure a little bit until you get to the next choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it really has any permanent, lasting input because even when you do this, like when you're listening to Robbie Ray Rana on the radio, he'll say, "Oh, looks like so and so is winning in the popularity war," and it doesn't matter who you picked. <laughs> So I don't understand that because uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I pick the same person every time, and it would say both of them on occasion. It gives you the illusion that you're influencing the story. Yeah, I think that's it. It's really just a, a splitting thing. Because I think all this really does is it sets up this next main mission where um, there's this big temple or something with these statues. A, was, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, Amita's like, well, we got to go blow it up. Wasn't the one with the drug field before that? Was that before that one? I thought this was before the drug field. Eh, Maybe I'm wrong. Well, if I'm messing it up. But but yeah, you have to go and destroy this. You know, if if you're with Amita, she's like, you know, this place has to go. It's a symbol of the old past and the royal army's there and... It's just got to go. So, Bill, did you have to try to save that place? Um, you're talking about the one with the uh, the drug fields? No, I'm talking about like this giant temple built into a mountain. Oh yeah, yeah. I went I went there to um to stop it from being just like yeah, because that the the mission was uh you know I think we should destroy it. Like I think we should preserve it. So yeah, I went there to stop it from being destroyed. And, that, and that's the one where you have to fight your way up to it, and then you have sniper rifle and rockets, and then the helicopter comes. It does the exact same thing if you're going to destroy it. Okay. doesn't make <laughs> any difference whatsoever. Do, do you plant bombs on it? Is that the only difference? Uh, I don't even remember if I had to plant bombs. It's just you had to go through the mission. Do you remember, Krabby? Did... I I went to save it, so oh, I just you went had to, to like, kill everybody on that one. Yeah, I just had to kill everybody, and uh, then once you get to the top of it and you turn around, there's, like, helicopter, and then there's, like, more guys that come in and yeah. just sniped them all. I don't think that I had to, like, disarm bombs or anything. I just had to kill all the guys. Didn't you have to get um, to certain points on the statue, though? To I think you did have to disarm something. You might be right. Where you have to, Yeah, because once it was done, you had to go up the stairs, the yeah. ladder on the side. You had to, like, yeah, hit the right. shoulder and the ha- I don't know. You had to light the torches as, like, a symbol to everybody that it right. was safe. Right. No, yeah, no bomb disarming. Yeah. Oh, now see in mine, I don't, I don't remember the whole thing, but it was basically the whatever the royal army was protecting it, and I had to kill and take them all out so it could be destroyed or whatever. Right. Um, I found that one really frustrating because um, I couldn't. F- normally in a game, like if I die, it's like, oh, I died because of that. I won't do that next time. I'll try it a different way. I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong, and I had to restart that one like 10 or 15 times before I just lucked my way through, like not changing anything I was doing. So that, that, really. one, that one drove me nuts. But that's the only time I ever ran into a mission like that. Every other one, I could kind of figure out what I was screwing up. Right, right. 
And then there was also the other one that was right around in there, because I don't know, I don't have like the exact order of the missions in front of me, but mm. um, there was the one where you had to go to like the, where these native people were, and there was bombs planted there as well, right? You had to get in and save whatever that little town or city or whatever it was. That was like around the arena entrance, wasn't it? Yeah, Something Oh, are, are you talking about where um, the, uh, yeah, it was like right near the entrance of the arena, like uh, they kept trying to plant bombs and yeah. you had to like, yeah. yep. Yeah, but you had that, no choice. I, that was just sort of part of the I story mission. I thought that was mission. great. I thought it was a great mission because like, and I died a few times because I didn't realize, because there's like, there's a guy trying to set bombs who's kind of like directly in front of you, like straight on. But then there's another guy who like, he kind of goes into like that mine tunnel on the left. Yeah. So I didn't realize, oh, like, I, you really got to get over there and stop him from, you know, like, blowing this thing open and, like, getting in there. But I thought that was a very cool mission. Cool. I died once on it and then realized this was probably the only time I'd ever find my proximity mines and stuff useful. So I, <laughs> I just mined all the places they were trying to bomb and just sat there and waited and pushed triggers. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. Good idea. Um. But then, uh, yeah, we do get to, like, the second main choice mission, which was about the poppy fields, right? Right. Yes. I, I told you what I was doing. I was like, hey, I'm doing this. And you were like, you're doing that. I didn't do that. Yeah. So, um, Sabal wants the poppy fields destroyed because he thinks that this selling drugs, which is, I guess, the Royal Army is doing this to make money. Is that the kind of the deal? Yeah. Yeah. Right. He he wants to take over their drug. Sorry. Um Amita wanted to take over the drug operation, even though it's not the best thing to do. We could use that money to rebuild, mm-hmm. build schools, do some good stuff. And Saval's like, listen, I know her intentions are good, but we're not drug dealers. You have to destroy those fields. So that's your choice. Right. So what did uh, Krabby, what did you choose? I went with Sabal this time. I, I didn't want to peddle drugs, so I, I torched those things. Bill, I'm going to guess you went with Sabal. Yeah, the exact same words that Krabby just said, all of them. I went with Amita because I knew you chumps would always pick the goody two-shoes. <laughs> See, this is the way I have to play these games because if I'm going to talk about them, I know you guys are going to the, pick the good options. However you need to justify it to yourself to, yeah, to exactly. sleep at night, Chris. Yeah. Notice he didn't say that when he sat there and watched a guy get electrocuted for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I did it because you guys were – I love watching people get fried. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I pick the wings off of flies occasionally, but anyway. Where's <laughs> um, my magnifying glass? <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm going to guess it's similar mission. Like in my mission, uh, the Royal yeah, Army was coming to burn the fields down. So I would have to go around. There was guys, there's like four fields and mm. they would attack them kind of all over. Um, if they started them on fire, I had to get to a pump to turn the sprinklers on to put the fire out. Uh, and if I didn't do that in time, that field went down, and I had to preserve uh, the fields, and I just had to run around like crazy and kill all the bad guys that were coming. So what was what did you guys get? That actually sounds more difficult than what I had. Yeah. It was difficult. <laughs> My, I, mine wasn't difficult at all. I don't know how crappy nope. this was. But, yeah, uh, one try and done. Yeah, it, it was like, okay, get in there and destroy all those fields. And there was just a whole bunch of dudes. You used a syringe, like a hunting syringe, you tagged them all, you took out some of the snipey snipes just so that uh, you kind of clear your path a little bit, and then you just kind of snuck around, and I would throw like a Molotov in one field, and then run to another, and then when everyone went to the first Molotov, to be like, what is going on here? Just flame the next one, next one, next one. So there was no time limit or anything, and there weren't really 
too many guys, I was just able to get in there and torch them all uh, pretty quick. And if you hit the the water pumps before you torch the field, they have no way to put it out either. Right. If you if you sabotage that. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like sabotaging an alarm. Speaking of the syringes, that that was another probably my fault for for not being <laughs> familiar with these games. Right. I didn't use my first syringe that wasn't a healing one until I was like 18 hours in the game. Oh, I did wow. not wow. realize oh. you could craft them or anything. Oh, I knew man. I knew you could because they mentioned it. I just right. never figured out how until really really late. Those make such a huge difference in the oh, game. Oh, yeah, too. like as soon as, like cuz I got to this point where I needed to I was looking at all the skills that you could unlock and one of them had you had to defeat two outposts undetected. And I was like, oh, I haven't mm-hmm. done that yet, so I'll, I'll replay this mission. And I replayed one and undetected, and it didn't count it, so I assumed that meant I had to do new outposts. I haven't liberated yet. And the only ones I had left were the hard ones. I had none of the easy or medium ones left <laughs> to do undetected, so then I sat there and really figured out how to craft everything, and then and then they were really easy with those hunting syringes. And Krabby, yeah, you can like, replay the yeah. outposts. I did replay one, but it didn't give me the the undetected uh, notion, even when it showed me finishing it as undetected. Huh. Okay. Like with the blue or whatever the color it is. Hmm. Is, is it blue when you're undetected when you finish an outpost? I don't remember. It just says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I think it's, it might and be. It's like, and it's like yellow or red if you did it, but then but you killed people. Right. Yeah. Um, you get like one color for no alarms, and one color for yeah. just destroying everything. Yeah. And one, uh, I'll tell you the in uh, in Far Cry Three. If you got green herbs, you then still had to go into your menu and craft a healing syringe. So in this game, I totally missed the part where uh, they explained that. And I actually, when I was waiting for my buddy to join co-op one night, I was like, ah, oh, let me check out the digital manual built onto the disc. And like half, so like, you know, 50 hours into the, or like 40 hours into the game. And I was like, oh, I totally missed that when they explained it to me, if they even did. So in this game, you don't ever craft healing syringes. When you pick up two green uh, herbs, you automatically craft a healing syringe. What? I had no idea that yep. was a thing. Yep. I didn't either. I just went and bought them every time. Yeah, me too. Post. I bought I bought them every time it was a thing. And then like so, forty hours in, and you know, I, I should be familiar because Far Cry Three, but they changed this. I'm looking in the digital manual, and it's like, oh, FYI, you know, when you pick up two green herbs, you craft a healing syringe automatically. And I was like, oh, uh, I totally missed that. Yeah, I never picked up on that either. Okay, so Craig would point out there was, um, I guess we didn't talk much about the propaganda stuff. I mean, we kind of mentioned it, but uh, Robbie Ray Rana and uh, kind of everything that plays in with him, right? Can we all agree that Robbie Ray was awesome? He was kind of, he was kind of funny, yeah. Can we all agree that Robbie Ray yeah, was awesome? Like I, I, I did, you didn't love him? I didn't get much hurt, so this was my comedy relief. Oh. Okay. <laughs> no, I loved Robbie Ray. He was great. Uh, but like his, like there yeah. wasn't enough of Every him. time uh, I got in a vehicle and I like pulled up to, yeah, when we get in the vehicle, I'd pull up to whatever mission I was at and he'd still be talking. So I'd like sit in the car and, and let him finish and the song would start. Then I'd get out and do my mission. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, you know, it, he didn't have a lot of content. You would just hear the same stuff after a while, right? What about yeah, when it they, got really uncomfortable uh, when he was talking to you? Um, that only happened once. <laughs> <laughs> It happened you, to me a few times, and he's like, am I doing it again? Am I doing that thing where it gets really uncomfortable? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the bidet thing, that, that was uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything else thing. was funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Krabby, you were just mentioning what, what was your favorite part 
Oh, I loved um, searching for the propaganda posters to pull them down. And then once you got enough of those, you got the next propaganda center missions from them. Uh-huh. But that, I just found it so relaxing just to pop up the, the like, take everything else off of the uh, map and except for the propaganda posters and just like grab a buzzer and fly to the next poster, tear it down or light it on fire. <laughs> um, I used to like, you'd, you flip a vehicle so that it needed a repair and then you pull out the repair gun the little yeah. welding torch and then I'd fly the buzzer over and then I'd pull the welding torch out and torch the uh, the propaganda <laughs> posters off the building. That's like the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, man. And, and the, what were you saying, Bill? Oh, no. I'm just thinking of uh, uh, your Canadian uh, flags on your RF Gen collection <laughs> and just like you see all the propaganda posters as like, nope, got to get all those posters off my collection. They didn't like make sense flavor wise because like they were strewn about like golden path owned towns like you'd think someone would have torn them down <laughs> besides me right <laughs> but it was fun to do like it was you know i didn't have to kill people or you know hunt and skin animals i could just go rip a page down and move on to the next one that's funny that's this giant open world first person shooter and your favorite part is the collectathon yeah, and the, well, the buzzer, I love driving the buzzer, too, because yeah. you can just flap. You don't have to worry about guys shooting at you. Yeah. And for some reason, you get radio reception up there, because I still listen to Robbie Ray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, it, that was yeah. the be- uh, one of the best additions to this game from Far Cry 3, was the adding oh, man, the buzzer. The bu- like, because you do have fast travel, which is great, but just be- giving you a vehicle, a small vehicle that you could simply just take up in the air and not only go long distances fast, but really be able to, like, it really shows you, like, this is one great big area. You can go from one side of the map to the other. Everything you can see in the distance, like, you pretty much you can reach. Um, it was a, It's a fantastically simple addition. Yeah, and when you're doing the collectible things, you can't always fast travel somewhere convenient. So it was nice to have a buzzer to, to go to those weird out-of-the-way areas. There's a yeah. severe lack of fast travel points in the northern yeah. Karat. And, um, yeah, besides that... Um, I had something I totally just lost it. No buzzer. Oh, the the buzzer when you're in the air. Um, like if you, as long as you stay close enough to the ground, everything looks good. But I did run into a couple spots where textures and and trees would be like flashing in and out because I was too high or there's too mm. much on screen. Um, I wonder if that's a PS4 issue because I didn't see that on Xbox. Maybe I, 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 I did play I, it on PS4. Yeah. I saw we yeah, and for you know for for you know just for uh, disclosure, we both me and Chris played on Xbox One. Um, I did notice a little texture pop if I was looking at something away in the distance, like as I got closer to it, I would see like the leaves kind of, you know, like come into focus on it a bit, but I didn't see like in and out, in and out, like you're describing, but it could yeah, just no, be, like, you know, th- you'd be seeing a mountain and like half of the mountain would just pop. Oh, there's, there's the trees. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That I didn't see. Yeah. Must be just that version or something. Yeah. Uh, maybe they, maybe they patched it out. Who knows? Yeah. Like the. The radio towers and the propaganda posters, I, I had a really enjoyable time with. Cool. Cool. So, so, so specifically those. So you didn't have the same uh, for like for any of the other collectibles, like the the letters, or uh, you know, like the money wheels or anything like that. Uh, no, I the money wheels I should have because you know they're very similar, but I never mm. did them. I did like half of those. The letters, I didn't like the letters at all. There's when when you have text in a game with spoken word mm-hmm. i don't like it if everything was text i would have sat there and read every single letter but right. when you've got spoken word i just get so used to it and it's convenient as soon as i saw text i just circle out of it and go back uh, and yeah it 
it's part of the reason it's really hard for me to go from like Final Fantasy X and like Kingdom Hearts one and two like back to like an older Final Fantasy that's all text. Even though they're great games, I kind of get spoiled with the spoken word a little bit. No, I can yeah, I can jump in a game that's all text. I just if they start right. talking, then yeah, it, okay. it takes me out of there. Yeah, I can't have both. I just need one or the other. I, th- it's kind of like me with the uh, Skyrim. There's there's books and books and books of stories in Skyrim, but I'm like, ugh, you've been talking this whole time, so I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. Okay. So, Kravit, did you enjoy the Mass of Yulong side quests? Not as much, because once you get to them, it opens up that funny. little that little search area. Yep. So, I got too tired of searching after a while, and I was like, yeah, I just want to know exactly where it is. I want to search. <laughs> Dukes, 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 Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> did you get sick of hearing that? <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Duke cheated. You found a cheat for this. Yeah, if you if you put the marker down on your map and then you take the helicopter and you fly like way high above it before it triggers mm-hmm. the circle, you can basically see where it's at, and then you just go right down and get it. Ah, I didn't know that. And then, like, and, then, and then like as you go lower and lower, eventually that small like pinpoint will disappear. But you just keep your eyes in that area, and you're like, okay, it's right in here because yeah. that's exactly where the little white thing was. Yeah, it doesn't make it too bad at all. Except when yeah. it's in a cave, then you're. Just, yeah, you know. I, I I did think the uh, uh, the goat letters were all very funny. Oh yeah, yeah, the from the killer. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, also kind of disappointing. Is that there's no big payoff when you find them all? No, there's a weapon, nothing. I think. But uh, yeah, yeah, same with the propaganda posters. Like that was the biggest collectible in the game because I think there was like 150 tons of, of them. them. Yeah, tons yeah. of them, and you literally get nothing for. For finishing yeah. that, it was I was expecting something like even just another message from Robbie Ray, like "good job," but nothing. <laughs> yeah, and well, we talked about Miss, Mr. Chiffon, which is kind of weird at the end of his whole thing. Uh, he just disappears, right? The, yeah, that 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 wasn't good. He just takes I off. Mean, the, that I mean, the was the is, worst missions of the yeah. game. Some of those so, are like, and, oh man, like whatever that psycho honey badger. Yeah, and and the thing is, and for people, and I had a feeling this is going to be Krabby's least favorite part because he's not as as into the hunting as some of the other some you know other people are. Um, I actually really, really, really like the hunting, especially if you mix syringes with you know like stealth, and then with I love bow hunting. Um, so like it was a lot of fun for me. But in, in a nutshell, the way the crafting works, there's like eight categories of things you can make. It's like you know like weapon holsters, uh, you know ammo pouches, explosive pouches, uh, syringe uh, uh, pouches. Basically everything you need to, you know, carry weapons and, you know, healing items and, you know, uh, stuff throughout the game and, and money. There's a wallet to upgrade. So basically there's like four or five levels for each, uh, uh, item. And for the first, for every level up until the last one, you can just find these animal skins throughout the, the main world of the game. Um, the very last item for like the last upgrade, uh. you can only get that item from a special hunting quest called, uh, Karate Fashion Week. Which is, you know, presented to you by Mr. Chiffon, who's this, uh, um, he tells you at some point that he previously was Pagan Min's, like, a uh, personal tailor. <laughs> design that beautiful suit. <laughs> yeah, design that beautiful suit he's wearing. Um, and he was fired because, uh, you know, some indiscretion or something. But, um, but yeah, so basically, you know, like, he, you find these designs he's about, and you're like, oh, Mr. Chiffon, I found this new outfit. And he's like, okay, here, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. You're gonna go fight this, you know, uh, the, the thick-skinned, you know, lion or, like, the super uh, astronaut bear and, like, you know, just, like, this cra- crazy hard version of, like, every, you know, animal in the game pretty much. Um, you know, this elephant, 
is just very angry and you know you have to hit kill him with a flamethrower and stuff that was the worst every other animal it's like you know shotgun and bow and yeah you get to the elephant it's like literally light him on fire yeah (laughs) that was what you had to do flamethrow that elephant how do you not feel terrible doing that though (laughs) just like throwing molotov cocktails at an elephant and then lighting him up with a flamethrower that was awful because it's a video game it's not a real elephant you're supposed uh, to immerse yourself in this world. <laughs> it's not I, I'm, real. I'm with, You're walking around with, with a monkey with wallet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with Krabby on this one. There are there are parts of the game that I find it hard to detach myself from what I'm doing, and there are other parts of the same game where I don't find it as hard. Um, so like when I'm when I'm dealing with people, I'm absolutely with them. I never thought about you know killing this elephant with fire as a bad thing until he just said something. Probably because when I came upon this elephant. He was already murdering Golden Path. Like, there was a bunch of Golden Path that were already near him, and he was flipping cars. He was killing people with his trunk. So I'm like, I have to stop this animal. This animal's a murderer. So I didn't feel bad about that guy. I felt, uh, I did feel bad about, like, some of, like, the, the, you know, the non predatory animals that I had to kill. It's like, oh, he's just eating some grass. But come, come <laughs> on, man. If you stop to think about it for a minute, I mean, how many thousands of people in the game did you shoot? I mean, you're a mass murderer. Oh, yeah. yeah so, like, I, they, I they hate deserved takedowns. It. Takedowns were too, too, too close for me. I love those. I, I want to be you, far away. I don't want to see their face when I'm killing them. Crab, did you um did you oh, did you unlock the uh the take the the vehicle takedown where you're driving oh, alongside man. someone? I unlocked it, but I never actually got to use oh, it. Oh man. <gasps> I'm telling you, like you'll change your life and you won't like it. <laughs> go to <laughs> drive alongside someone and like you know hit that takedown button you literally like this little cut you know this little cutscene not cutscene but like you, know, you can't control your character while it's happening you can't you like open the driver door to the thing next to you and this guy gives the enemy gives you this surprise look you stick your knife straight into his neck <laughs> Oh, I just assumed you shot him through the window. (laughs) You stick your knife straight into his neck, and he looks at you, and he's like, (laughs) and then like you throw him out of the thing, and then you take over driving. And if there's a gunner Uh. in the back, you turn right around and blow his, like, (laughs) shoot him in the lower abdomen. (laughs) Oh, okay, I'm glad I missed that one. (laughs) Now, see, I love this stuff, but then again, I this is a game to me. None of it's real. Right. The, the, yeah, the part where I was taken down, you know, like the, the knife takedown, the chain takedown, and the use the guy's knife on the next guy takedown. Oh, man. Were, the one where you pull the pin on the grenade and kick him. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. So you, you do the takedown, then I, you hit one of the bumpers or something. So basically what you do is you flip the guy around, <laughs> you grab the pin off his grenade, and you kick him into a group of other guys, <laughs> and then they all blow off. It's great. Oh man! Uh, I'm, tell me, tell me, you didn't get any <laughs> sick, perverse pleasure when you first got the flamethrower and you were just lighting people on fire like crazy. No, the only time I ever used it was for that hunting mission. Really? The elephant? Yeah, I didn't want to flamethrower oh, anybody. Oh man! Oh, you gotta use it, dude. Oh. I like the grenade launcher because I can stay far away and blow people up. Oh man! I wouldn't have to look now, at their bodies because they would disintegrate into like a blood oh. splat. Now, now, let me let me say one thing. The uh. uh the one, one of the disappointments I, there's a very, very few disappointments I have with it, but one of the disappointments I had, one of my favorite things about Far Cry 3 was the, I thought, very, very, very good use of music. Um, only in a couple times in the game, there was, my favorite mission in Far Cry 3, um, was, uh, um, kicking the hornet's nest, which is where you get the flamethrower, speaking of flamethrower, where you get the flamethrower and you go and you burn down the marijuana fields. 
So not only did I think the mission was a lot of fun, uh, the way that the, the, the fiery haze was coming off the uh, fields as you're going through them, it kind of like, you know, was this wavy, really cool effect. Also, you were getting high because you were burning marijuana and you were standing in the middle of the field. So like the screen was getting kind of like you were high and they were playing this awesome Damien Marley song that I absolutely loved. And then at the end of the game, when you have like the, you know, spoiler alert, I thought it was so cool. Just like a handful of sequences that are so memorable because of the music. And I really thought Far Cry 4 would have that. Um, they didn't do it as much as they did in 3. But we'll, and Blood Dragon, the, the last sequence in Blood oh, Dragon yeah. has amazing music. Um, but uh, <laughs> speaking of, I do want to get back to the song that plays when you first meet Pagan. Oh, yeah. And the song that plays during the credits, which, spoiler alert, is the same song. Yeah. But I want to talk about the significance of that song once we get to the uh, the end end. Okay. Uh, well, let's get back to the story. I, there was one other quick side character I thought of, which is the lady that does the races, but uh, you never meet her in person, so yeah, no big deal. I, I, yeah, that, 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 those kind of missions, like, just did no... They didn't even try and, like, fit them in the game. Like, you're fighting a no. war. You They're don't have just time fun. to run around and make movies and stuff. Yeah, I, I, that's right. I, I, I totally forgot about that because I didn't do the races that much. But basically, like... Is it what is it like a movie producer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and she, yeah. It's, it's like it's like, and it's like it's just the character of like an NPC mm-hmm. of like this karate woman, and she's like, oh, since you running around and you doing all this stuff, I'm gonna film it. We're gonna make some money, yep. and you're like, that doesn't make any sense at all. So I just ignored her for the rest of the game. But basically, every time you like complete an outpost or like every other outpost, there's like a couple of preset racing. There's like a racing for like time and to win the race. Then there's like a racing for like survival yeah. and yeah, I, I I didn't do very many of these. I didn't think they were that interesting. I did them all. They were fun. But getting back to the story, so um, the next big thing that happens is you have to go and get Paul Deplore, right? Mm. Yep. So you his fortress, his place is the city of pain, and the. The setup is basically just infiltrate the place, get him, and bring him back yep. to the Golden Path, so they could interrogate him or whatever they wanted to. And and you have to and you can't be uh, uh, found for the first whole section, correct? Yeah, the first half of that yep. is you have to get to him without anyone seeing you, so you can't really. Yep. You have to get rid of three hostages, like untie yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. That 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 took me, I think, three or four tries. Yeah, it took a few uh, few attempts there too. Yeah, and sometimes I, it, it, was, it would spawn you in a different spot if you died enough. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, because you really couldn't shoot people um, because there were even I, enough guards I, around that right. would kind of usually see that happening. I did bow and arrow a couple of the guys in the watchtowers, and they stayed up there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but yeah, for the most part, you had to like you know be hiding bodies and be careful about it. Yeah. But uh, it's a pretty big complex, so you have to really be yeah. careful and really find the right way to get through. And then you do find uh, the little house that Paul is in. So you go in, great. and there is a guy tied up in a chair with a bag over his head. And Paul is in the other room. I think he's on the phone or something, right? He's on the phone and then with his wife, and then he's like, okay, put her on. And then he's talking to his daughter, getting ready to torture her. Uh, who he thinks is this other yeah, guy. Yeah, but he's in the other it. room from a, when you get in, and you're like, hey, and you kind of whisper to this oh, guy. Oh, I got to, yeah. yeah. And so you untie the prisoner, and you just put the bag over your head and just place your hands behind your back, and you sit in the chair. 
And yep. then Paul comes back in the door and he's on the phone and oh yeah, hey sweetie, and oh you know he's talking about her homework or what you know whatever, yeah. right? Oh, you drew a dinosaur. That's great. And he's like sharpening knives and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, he's like this really very you know sadistic person that has this yeah. wonderful again like nuclear family at home in the states. Yeah. He's just getting his kicks um, for working for Pagan, and obviously his family has no idea he's this psychopath that's doing all of this. Are you sure it's obvious to them? Like his daughter, probably she's too young to put it together. You don't think his wife? No, has any I don't think his wife no, has a clue. I don't think so. He, he's like bringing jewelry home off the people he's torturing. You don't think she has any suspicions at nope. all? I don't think that jewelry is going to. Oh, like no, there was there was a. I think he did it's say to her like, on the phone, like it's in, yeah, it's in that section. He's like, going to oh, bring no, it to yeah, his daughter. Yeah, the I've got a present for you. Necklace. Yeah, but like. Yeah. Yeah, but he's traveling all over the world, and he found this thing in uh, in Karat, and he brought it home for. Yeah, I I, I really don't think they know. Yeah, because he's always talking. Oh, I'm a, I'm really busy at work, and da, 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 but he's talking like he's you know just some Joe Schmo businessman instead right. of crazy. You know, they, yeah, they would have if, to know, know what his like skill set is though. And she, at one point, she's gonna think like this isn't a businessman. Well, man he kind of you. says <laughs> at some point, right? Like, oh, I used to have like this humdrum life and then i came over here and it's this excitement yeah. and everything yeah. right this is like true lies too yeah, yeah kind <laughs> of like this awesome secret life he's really getting into it you know after having this boring kind of just you know u.s sort of life but anyway so you're listening to him and of course he doesn't know that you've made the switcheroo and so all of a sudden you know you surprise him because he takes the bag off like oh hey you know he's gonna torture yeah. you and surprise and so you knock him out and then you have to slug, log, or whatever you want to, like, slog, slog his body all the way, <laughs> just schlep it all the way back through his fortress. That was a pain. And get out with his body. Not as painful as you'd think. No, because you can you kill don't, the guys. You don't have to be stealthy. Yeah, you can, you kill can the guys. just no, run yeah. with him as fast well, as you can, you can and just toss kill him everybody. in the trunk. Well, yeah, I didn't do that. I dropped him, yes. shot people, picked him up, <laughs> kept going, dropped him, shot uh, people, kept yeah. going, That'd have been put him awful. in the trunk of a car. I just eventually got to the point where I just, I just said, I'm not gonna. I dropped his body off. I'm gonna run around, agitate everybody, and just kill them all. Okay. And when I finally got to him, I had done it so many times that by the time I did it, I did it like almost flawlessly. So I still had all my healing syringes. So mm. I just ran to the car and healed every time I got shot a couple of times <laughs> and you drive off and people are still shooting at the car and you're fine. Nice. <laughs> and, and you know what I thought was interesting? Cause before you go there, um, one of the things that Noor says to you is, you know, like, cause she like, she's like, Paul has my family. Like you really, you gotta oh, help yeah. me. You gotta uh-huh. do this for me. And, and you're like, you really feel for her. You're okay. Like, you know, like I'm going to do this. So when you finally have Paul in the trunk and you're driving away and, uh, uh, and he's, He's really pleading with you, like, oh, like, no, you get, like, it's not me, blah, 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 like, I'm a good guy, whatever. And then, like, uh, uh, you say something to him, like, oh, yeah, like, Noor says hello. And then he starts laughing, like, first a little bit, and then more and more. And then my first thought was, like, oh, crap, Noor's the bad guy, and she's fooled me. But then he says, she thinks her family's still alive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I killed them years ago. Yeah, I've been dead forever. And you're like, oh, jerk face. <laughs> so, and then you get to, you know, the golden path and uh, uh, you, you just uh, hand him over. And that's when he really starts becoming like, oh, crap, they're going to torture me. <laughs> yeah, this is where I, I started feeling uncomfortable about picking anything from Amita or Sabal after that. Like, I, 
Yeah, they're yeah. going to go torture this guy. Like, they're doing the same things Pagan's doing, so yeah, why and, am I helping them? And they're marching him off, and, you know, his phone starts ringing. He's like, oh, I got to answer that. Oh, sweetie, honey, time daddy's here, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you, you know he's a nutball, but you also yeah. know they're going to march him in there and do horrible things to him. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't get to see it, and you don't get a choice in the matter either. They're just kind of like, okay, come on, and they kind of usher you right. off. Uh, so you don't really ever get to even get to see what happens to him. He just he's the way he goes, right? Yeah, I mean you you have to assume he's dead. You have to, yeah, you have to, because you don't ever see him again. So yeah, yeah, you have to assume that. Okay, so after that's over, then um, you can at that point attack his fortress if you like, right? So we want to talk right. just for a minute <laughs> about fortresses, which has been weakened. Yeah, so yes. yeah, go ahead. Just quickly, you know, you can attack the fortress. We said that before. You can attack the fortress at any point you want, but they're more heavily guarded when the boss, if you will, is alive. Uh, there's like minefields and everything else. Yeah. So, well, then I didn't realize that you had to story mission them first because I hadn't been doing the story missions. I was oh. just trying to do outposts. I'm like, oh, hey, there's a fortress. Let's do that. And so <laughs> I, I, I see this door and I'm like, okay, I'm going to need something to take that down. So I went, found myself an elephant. <laughs> And charged it towards the door, not knowing there was a minefield. And so my elephant explodes. I fall down, and then all the snipers turn on me and shoot me dead instantly. And, and, and yeah. you know, and you know what? No, you know what you do. That's when you turn to the camera and you say, "Far Cry 4. <laughs> that is the game. Elephant explodes. <laughs> you are sniped to death. And 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 for and, and even going back to Far Cry 2, like the whole thing that made the game great was like all these emergent systems that weren't designed to do any specific thing, but just they work so well together that you could create like a set piece on your own. And sometimes it was great. And sometimes it was awful and you died, but it always made sense. Like I'm like the gravity with grenades was always the thing that got me in too. You would throw a grenade like up a hill to try to get like, cause you're on the low ground. And I mean, grenades just don't stick to things like it, it's there's gravity. They, they roll down hills. So the grenade would slowly roll right back down to where I was in my little pit and blow me up. And I was like, Far Cry 2. <laughs> I'll just mention That's this quickly because it'll probably send shivers up your spine, Krabby. But do you realize you can stick C4 on animals? I did not realize <laughs> that. Nope. And then you can send them in and say, uh. hey, guys, what's going? Boom. <laughs> Uh, it's a game. It's just a game. It's a game. Well, that was actually the last elephant I rode. Because <laughs> the first, I went and did some outposts with the elephants, and it was kind of fun because when the cars would pull up for reinforcements, yeah. you could just flip the car with the elephant. Bash yep. them. And it was yep. fun, easy, and my elephants never died. I thought they were invincible until that point. No, they I will die. Because I did like three outposts in a row, and the same with elephant, the same and he elephant? lived through the wow. whole thing. And then I'd do this, and he just, yeah, exploded everywhere. <laughs> okay. No more elephants. That's so great. But at so yeah, for, so yeah, fortresses, fortresses in a nutshell. They're just very, very heavily guarded, extremely well uh, fortified. Uh, you know, kind of like mega outposts. Yeah. And basically, there's well, there's one in each region. Uh, you know, main region of the uh, of the game. And what happens is once you clear a regular outpost, you know, just when you're kind of traveling through the region, you like you may get a call saying like, "Oh, our outpost is under attack," and then like you know, a wave of guys will come in. And um, here's the only thing I didn't like about this, you know, story wise, is like. So every time it happened, I, you know, I went to the aid of my outpost. I'm like, no, we got to defend this because I mean, I didn't want to lose it. Right. But the thing is, if you do go defend it, you get the experience from killing the guys, you get the karma for the event. But if you ignore it, nothing yeah, happens. Yeah, it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. The outpost is still yours. You don't lose any karma. So I was like, well, if they had made it some sort of, uh, uh, you know, negative thing happening to me, not only would I have always gone and defended it, I would have also tried to get the fortresses taken care of as soon as possible. But it didn't really seem like that big of a benefit to me. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm not an expert on karma, <laughs> but killing a whole bunch of guys shouldn't award me karma, right? <laughs> Regardless um, of the outcome. Are you talking about in reality or the game? Well, I don't know how real karma is, but I mean, just like in the context of the game, this this culture probably believes in karma, and you're getting rewarded with karma for killing tons and tons of guys. Well, they're the bad guys. I don't think you're getting karma for killing tons of guys. I in think those karma events, the... you do. Well, no, you're not. Well, well, yeah, the karma events is what I what I mean specifically. Like right, you're driving down but, there, and it's like uh, but, but, Golden but, but, Path but versus some royal guards no, I know, just right. fighting there. You're not getting the karma for killing the guys. You're getting the karma for saving the other people. But you wouldn't get that karma because of the way you did it from from how I understand karma. F- from karma school? Yes, from <laughs> karma school. <laughs> from everything I learned karma, from... Karma, karma, uh, karma chameleon. <laughs> from my name is Earl is just jeopardized. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's. I'm with you on that. There's uh, uh, it, I think it's a semantic argument of what I put out there, but that's you know that's the way they have it paced in the. It's only giving you karma. Okay, here's a karma event, and it's just based on that but, one event. But yeah, let's be honest. I think all your bad deeds are, are pretty. Karma bad. was pretty much useless. All it did is give you some discounts at the shop. The last and, one was so stupid too. Yeah, I like when you get the ones for the galley residence. It's like sure, those are expensive. I I understand that, and so mm-hmm. I'm like maybe we'll get a cool discount on everything when I get this. And it gave me a discount on just maps that I had bought yep. every single one of that, already. That that was the, like the maps. I think I bought every single map yep. before I bought anything else. Yeah, in the game. it was like level two karma, and I had all the maps. And then when I get level eight karma, I can get all the maps yeah. for cheaper. Karma was pretty much a waste. It was uh, pretty oh, much a waste. Yeah. I didn't know that. I spent every skill point I had getting that karma boost one, thinking it would be helpful. Mm. Well, back to the missions again. Then the next choice you get between Amita and Sabal is about the chemistry factory where they're producing drugs, right? Oh yeah, I yeah, forgot about that, that one. That big, uh, that big oval one with the smokestacks. Yeah. So um, basically, you know, Amita wants you to go in and take control of sure. the place because you've saved. You know, if, you, if you did hers, you've saved the drug fields. Well, now you need to be able to convert that into drugs to sell. <laughs> uh, well, and Sabal, of course, does not want you to do that, right? Right. He wants you to destroy this drug factory. Yep. Um, so back again, choices. So Krabby, who did you choose to help? I same thing. I went with I don't want drugs as a source of income, so I, I tore the mother down. Bill, I also don't want drugs anywhere near me or my family, so I tore it down. I went with the uh, uh, Sabal. Well, my family doesn't live in a video game, so I chose to support <laughs> Amita. <laughs> Because I don't care if digital people take drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess that the idea is probably pretty similar. So on mine, um, I had to basically infiltrate this place, get into it, and there was like some kind of chemist guy that was in there that I was supposed to, to save because he was the drug guy, right? He, we had to take him. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds a lot different, actually. A lot different. Okay, yeah. so I had to like go and get uh, get this guy and secure him or whatever because he was kind of the key to whatever this operation was. Um, but it doesn't go quite right. 
honestly, but uh, that's kind of the gist. So what did you guys have to do? Destroy it, I take it? The, the had, like... Yep. You go ahead, Bill. Um, I had to uh, uh, not really, like, infiltrate. You tried to sneak around because there was, like, a dude, like, driving around in a circle um, you know, and, like, a bunch of snipers and stuff, but basically you had... Uh, um, I think it was bomb placement, right? So, like, uh, there's a couple different areas that you had to destroy, and you either could do it, like, C4 or bombs, or you could, uh, uh, you know, get, like, an elephant. So I think what I did was I cleared the whole area out, and then I grabbed an elephant and, like, destroyed, like, all, like, the main pieces, like, kind of, like, around where it had to be. And then you got on the top of the building, and you had to, like, uh, 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 like you know, destroy something up there. And then you had to get in the building... And destroy like stuff inside of it, so it was a lot of destruction. Yeah, a lot of bomb placements to to bring the whole thing down all at once after you like killed all the support cables outside. Yeah. So you guys didn't right. get, that, go in the factory was. at all. It, it yeah, was, you, you plant some bombs in the factory, and and then you go out and you have to make sure you're far enough distance away before you detonate everything. Oh, okay. Right, I, I forget it was support cables. That's what was on the outside. So yeah. I got the elephant and I killed all the support cables. Yeah, they're and supporting then, and then you, the giant smokestack there. Yep, and then once you plant all the bombs on the inside, which there's there's guys on the inside, once you get enough clearance, then you set everything off and the whole thing crumbles. Okay. See, with mine, uh, you, of course, go in to secure this area or whatever it is, but then um, somehow, I don't remember the exact details, but the drugs get released or something happens, and so you're all drugged up trying to fight your way through this <laughs> uh, you know, big opium place, whatever. So you're like way spaced y- y- out. And Yogi and Reggie to the rescue? No, but you're like no. in that same like drug haze kind of thing, and you have to fight your way through it and everything. So um, that's interesting. That's, that's that whole piece. All right. Um, so moving on from there, then we get into uh, a few other pieces, right? So we've got uh, at some point in there we find Willis, right? Yeah, the right. airport, I think, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, and so he's a returning character from three, right? Yep, he oh. was the CIA uh, agent, and he's still a CIA agent. Um, he was in three. He's the guy who you meet in that town. Uh, I forget the name of the town, but it's the the in like the north uh, eastern uh, part of the uh, the Far Cry Three map when you first go over there. He's an interesting character. Um, he's kind of got like the, the that like Colombian white you know three piece suit, like the CIA agent uh, uh, standard uh, uh, garb, um, you know ponytail. Um, interesting character. I mean, I don't love the character, but I get how the CIA guy kind of fits in, you know, in all these stories. Yeah, and he his setup is kind of like, oh, I can give you all this information about your father, right? Right. Yeah, he he wants you to help him, like you know, clean some stuff up, whether it's with uh, you know this stuff or with like his own agenda. And you know, he's got the file on Mohan, so he'll help you out if you uh, help him out. Right. So he kind of leads you through these sequence of uh, different little missions that you're doing from hit for him, uh, and that's. Supposedly, again, to get you this whole file, but really you find out he's kind of full of crap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's got his own agenda, and he's just really kind of playing you the whole time, right? Yep. Is there? He did give you a sweet parachute, though. <laughs> if you didn't already have it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had actually, I had the wingsuit, and I feel like I purchased the backpack. There's another backpack, sorry, the parachute. But after I would was done wingsuiting, I would you know press A to deploy the the parachute or whatever, uh-huh. and I would and I would slow down a little bit, 
but not, but I wasn't like fully parachute deployed. I, I feel I really feel like it wasn't until in the story when he handed me the backpack that I could go from wingsuit to parachute and safely glide down no matter what. So I thought it was tied to that story mission. I don't know. I don't remember that part. Krabby, do you did you buy the wingsuit or did you wait till they gave it to you? No, I bought the wingsuit. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember if you could parachute earlier? Um, I don't remember because I tried to use the wingsuit twice and ran into trees, so I never used the wingsuit <laughs> after that. <laughs> wingsuit was great. Now, like now, I was that, so bad now, at it. But but dude, crap! Now that you're more experienced with it, drive an ATV off of a cliff <laughs> and and then and then wingsuit when you're wide open with no trees around, and you'll just have the time of your yeah. life. Yeah. No, the re- the reason they made me so angry was because I would be wingsuiting like to a like propaganda poster or something something in the Mm -hmm. middle of nowhere and i would die and it would take me way way back to the nearest waypoint like fast travel point like i would have to do like another 15 minutes of running around never play an mmo if you don't like that oh i I learned that a long time ago (laughs) oh i died like four continents away from my home I gotta go pick up my stuff before someone steals yeah, it. Yeah, so I literally, and I flipped the truck once too, so after that, I just got on the road and pushed the auto drive button and put the controller <laughs> down and waited until I got there. Yeesh. Nice. Um, okay, so you you do a few of these things for Willis to kind of elaborate a little bit on the story, but mm-hmm. it seemed to me that those were probably the, you know, it took you into the mountains again to do some stuff, but those were not exciting missions for me. Did, were the air? Did, did you ever even come remotely close to scrambling for an air can? Like no. they were so abundant. Yeah, they were. Yeah, you just run up to another guy, kill him. Oh, here I go. Yeah, it, it's like I had nine tenths of my meter left, and I got another one. Great, I was almost out. Uh, I think like on the return trip on one of those, trying to get back out, it was a little tougher, but I mean, it still wasn't hard. Because I'd killed a lot of the guys already, so, you know, it wasn't too bad. Um, and then we get to uh, kind of the ending of Noor's story, right? Yeah. She eats it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, I have a feeling I know how Duke ended it, too. <laughs> I don't know about this one. So you kind of get to this point where you just have to go to her. And this is what's kind of odd to me really i didn't really expect this but you you get in there um and you go to face nor after you know you know about paul's and everything and so you know her family is dead and this whole mm-hmm. time she's been doing this kind of under duress working for pagan because you know, she thought her family was trapped and, and she didn't want to cause any trouble so she's running this arena for for pagan the whole time so you finally go and you confront her right that she's, you know, uh, in front of everybody in the arena setting up a match or whatever it is. And you let her know, right, that her family is gone. And then you have a choice about what happens, right? Yep. So your choice is you can shoot her or you can not. So mm-hmm. I probably don't have to ask this question, but. <laughs> you don't because I'm a good person. Crabby, did you shoot her? I did not shoot her, nope. Bill, I did not shoot her. I I didn't shoot her either. What, what, what do you people think I am? I thought you went up there and 
close takedown to right through the throat with I, your knife. I, I, I thought I thought they put the handgun in your hand, you know, to shoot her, and you were like, "Can I switch to the shotgun? <laughs> Can I go to a? Is there a more brutal her, weapon? Put a grenade in, stitch her back up, roll her into the <laughs> arena." Okay, so obviously you could shoot her. I mean, that's a choice. Um, but even if you don't, she's so heartbroken about yeah. finding about her family that she throws herself into the arena and dies. Right. Um, and I, it's unclear to me whether she dies from the fall. It's it's more she, so she doesn't that, like, seem all too of worried animals. that the animals are chewing on her. So I think the fall yeah. kind of did her in. <laughs> yeah. So she falls into the arena. I, I really thought it was the animals that got her because like it just didn't seem like that far of a drop. Um, but uh, you know, regardless, um, she you either shoot her, which you know I guess you could see that as like you know you 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 put her out. You know you gave her what she wanted. Um, the thing is, you don't know that she's going to jump in there and get eaten by animals. So if I knew that she's, if, if she had said to me, if you don't shoot me, I'm going to go get torn apart by tigers, I would have been like, okay, I will do this for you. Yeah, and she was a very sympathetic character. I really kind of felt yeah. for her. Out of all the characters besides Pagan, I think she was, to me, one of the best realized characters. Yeah, she did have uh, some of the cutest uh, assistants. <laughs> <laughs> All the bare-breasted women that were there. Oh, were they? I, oh, I barely yeah. I'm sure you didn't notice them. <laughs> did your, did sure your wife you were comment? disappointed when you went to do arena missions and they had their arms crossed across their chests, eh? And uh, well, they uncross them if you wait long enough. <laughs> oh, do they? I, I guess I got and, impatient. <laughs> and, and and also they start they start saying stuff like. Stop looking at me. You're freaking me out. <laughs> yeah, or they would say, eyes up here, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what would your wife say about that, Bill? I'm kind of curious, because you play games where your wife's around. She, no, yeah, she doesn't really play. So. Oh, okay, she didn't care. No, nah, I didn't ask her. I see. <laughs> you didn't you know call her in for that I, actually, I, I did call her in to show her. So I was like, honey, let me show you this. She's like, what? And I was like, uh, it's a girl. And I, she must have known something because there was nudity in Far Cry Three, and I think I called her in just to show her, you know, the nudity in that. And so <laughs> I think uh, I think I called her in. I'm like, "Hey, you gotta come see this girl," and she yelled back something like, "I don't want to see boobs." And I was like, oh, "Okay, then you don't have to come in here." <laughs> <laughs> they always seem to have paint over them, though, right? So yes. there you go. There you go. All right, so that end up wraps up Nora's story, and of course, at that point in time, if you haven't already, you can go and take her fortress down. And that kind of opens up the point where you have to go then to the second part of the of the map because you've so the so point in time you've been kind of trapped in Southern Curat, and then at that yeah. point in time, I'm going to probably guess whoever's in charge of the Golden Path tells you to go to the north because with me it was Amita was it's time for us to invade the north. So was it Sabal oh, really? for you guys? Oh. It, interesting, yeah, it was Sabal. No, I, I got um, Amita. I've I've done two Amitas and two Sabals at this point. Okay, okay. So you, you yeah, had Sabal. I, I, I had only I had only done. I did Sabal. Spoiler alert: I did Sabal for everything in the game, not because I wanted to do the same person for everything, because I agreed every time that I was given a choice. And I knew that because um, Bill's a goody two shoes in games. Yeah, so. totally. So um, so but yeah, you know, Sabal's like, oh, we're going after this. This is happening. Like, be with us, brother. And uh, you know, so we went to the and and like like Chris was saying. Even if you try to go to Northern Karat before this place in time, or this point in time rather, um, you're you're told to turn around. And even if you get as far as this gate, that there's like mountains that kind of block off, like you know, uh, either side of going uh, up north. And the one place where you can get through, um, it, it's a gate. You can't get through it. So you you have to get to this point in the story to uh, to get to Northern Karat. 
Yeah, and you basically have to see for a truck and blow up the gate to get across this bridge. Yeah, very to cool. To open it up, um, which doesn't and make I, much I, sense I, to me. It, Why can't I just take a helicopter? You know, don't they say though yeah. we have to get supplies or something into Northern Karat yeah. or something like that, right? I thought this this was one of the, the times in the game where I would... Because usually if I'm super, super outnumbered and overwhelmed, it's really, you know, it's frustrating and it's stressful for me. This is one of those times where, like, you know, you're, you're fighting, you're fighting, there's more guys, more guys coming, and then, like, the last wave... Okay, like, the last wave is coming, we can't get there, like, you know, to hold on to it. And just, oh, like, I was in one of the buildings, cause I, so I kind of got, like, cornered in there, and I used a hunting syringe, but, like... Oh, like, like a, like a half dozen guys came in the building and there was eight guys outside and there were snipers and like, I was just like, I was turning over here, pick that guy off, go out here, throw that, throw a grenade out there. It was one of the times when like 50 guys were fighting me and I got through it. I, it was one of the cooler sequences in the game for me. I don't know if you guys ever felt overwhelmed, uh, during that point. It was a, that was a tough mission. It really was. There was yeah. a lot of guys and you had to be very careful mm. about what was going on. That's for sure. I don't remember what having do call, any what do problems with that one. Oh really? Yeah, I, and, and I, I died I, on a. I died a lot in that game. I think I made it through that one first attempt. I think it was first attempt for me too, but it, I, 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 I hadn't I figured really out the syringes by that point either. So. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> it was well into Northern Karat. So uh, of course you go through here, and that opens up all of sort of the Northern territory, and then you can kind of go hog wild and do say a lot of the same sort of stuff you are going and doing in More the more radio the South. towers. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> right. You know what I didn't love about Northern Karat, and I didn't even notice it until I kind of opened up all the bell towers, and then you zoom out on the entire world. Um, Southern Karat is mostly green and lush, yeah. and Northern Karat is very brown. Yeah, I kind of got that because it was worse the closer you got to Pagan's Fortress. Yeah, right? that's true. It's it's almost like Pride Rock, like when Scar took over, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's kind of like his evil yeah. seeping out. Yeah, everywhere. It, but it, and and the, one of the arguments that my a friend of mine had against this game, and he has since told me, he's like, "No, I've come around. I love this game." When he's talking about Far Cry Three, he's like, "It's just a lush, tropical, beautiful place the whole time you're there." And he's like, "In Karat, there's parts of it that are nice, but then there's parts of it that are just like bleak." And like, I was like, "Yeah, but that's you know, that's all part of you know the world." Right. Right. Not ev- not everything is a tropical paradise, but it's just something I noticed in the second half of the game. I'm like, oh, I don't feel good up here. Right. I want to go back to the green area. <laughs> and I don't remember if I have this in the right order, or this may have been the one right before this, and I'm getting them switched up. Because you get captured, and you get taken to the prison, right? Right. You mean the one that's up in the snowy yes. mountain? Yeah. Yes. Was that right before I, this, maybe? I think... I honestly don't remember exact order, but it, it's in this area. I don't think it happened to me until after I was in Northern Korea. Yeah, I think it's immediately after okay. you break through. Okay. But I don't remember. I still don't remember how I got captured for some reason, though. Do you guys remember that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm blanking, I, too. I, yeah, I got nothing. I will. It, it, it'll come back to me because you, um, I think, man, I'm pretty sure you're drugged. Maybe. Is it another Yogi and Reggie? No, 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 no. You know, no, you know what it is. Remember, it's um, uh, cause uh, freaking uh, you're like in that. Aren't you in that basement? You're like in that basement, and like the uh, pagan comes in, and like he's talking to people. Oh yeah, yeah and you hide. That's right. You hide in it. Yeah, you're right. As soon as you go into Northern Karat, yeah, you go in some house or something, right. right? And like you're hiding, and stuff's happening there. And then like you know when you uh like like you come out and like like like. 
like Pagan's there and like he like boom and then like you get drugged and like he grab yeah at, I forget the exact details but I remember the the sequence yeah so you're locked in this prison uh, and you have to find a way to escape and it's it's basically Yuma runs this prison right I love that character like I I it's the least developed enemy character <laughs> yeah like there is nothing much to Yuma is there no she's just very attractive. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's kind she of a... she feels like Pagan's losing his grip on everything. Yes. She's the, she's the only one of his lieutenants that like kind of has any doubt for him now. Right. Which we'll get into uh, in a little bit. I think that's interesting that you point that out. So, um Yuma runs this prison, so you have to escape the prison and you have to kind of construct your own like, you know, thing to repel out of this place. I really didn't right. like that prison sequence. Did you guys like it? I'd, it was mm, the worst. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it, it kind of felt like uh, there's also Uncharted 2 and 3 spoilers in this show. It kind of <laughs> felt like an Uncharted 2 and 3 when, like, everything got supernatural all of a sudden and, like, the enemies changed from, like, humans to, like, ooh, spooky things. And uh, I, I know it was, like, a, it was like a drug thing because, like, you know, she, like, what's she say? It blows, like, a dust or a powder in your yeah, face or yeah, something. Yeah, she does. But yeah, they didn't. So they like, didn't just pull it off as a drug thing because they had those demons from Shangri-La, so they had it as kind of like yeah, a spiritual thing too. That's true. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole I, I wasn't crazy about the whole sequence. Yeah, uh, but you have to kind of escape, and then you have to sneak past this you know heavily guarded place with l- very little weaponry, like the little um, crossbow and whatnot, to get out. Oh yeah, that that was you the a, worst. Cause, you had a like, crossbow. You, yeah, you had like a little hand you, crossbow, I think. Little hand you could find crossbow one, I think. thing, yeah. With like uh, I had, I think I had just like a hunting bow. I think you could find mm. one in there somewhere. Uh, I forgot how bad that was because like, and the you end up in like a work camp yep. uh, kind of looking area and you have to get out and it's like, oh, I think what I finally did was like on my second or third try, I like took the zip line down to like a tower and got close to the door and like, just like Krabby did with escaping the Poor's Mansion, I just ran and healed <laughs> and then... <laughs> And just slid down the mountain. Works every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you get into one part, um, not in that mission, but there's another mission uh, not too far after that where you're watching TV with the other Golden Path people and Pagan kind of comes on and gives a speech. Yep. Right. Where, yep. At, isn't, now, isn't that after? isn't that after you think you killed him? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, let's do yeah. that first. And, and, yeah. and, and, and he's like, I'm fine. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay, so that, yeah, the next mission then we're, was... We're backwards then with the capture, because after he comes in the house, that's when you kill him. You chase him out of there. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we don't remember right. what got us captured, but... We're, yeah. we're slightly out of sequence, but I, I remember, yeah, now, because, like, when you, when he leaves, you say to Sabal or Amita or whatever, like, going I, after I see him, we're going after him. Yeah. And they're like, good luck, we're just going to be over here <laughs> eating hot pockets. We won't help you. <laughs> yeah. And then you like, oh, that was a cool. Can I? You want me to go, or you want to do it, Chris? Uh, go ahead. The uh, so when when you when you you're chasing Pagan, so Pagan just comes into a place and he's like, you know, killing people, and you're like, I'm gonna go take out this MRFer. And then like you you, you <laughs> get you you get in a uh, a gyro, and uh, you're and like you see he's right there, he's in the thing, and it's like, and the mission is kill Pagan, and you're like, oh, here it is. So you're you're chasing him. And you're in the gyro, and like I just remember throwing Molotovs at his vehicle, and like trying to shotgun it, and I kept, and like you hear Pagan on your radio, and he's like, "I didn't come all this way to be shot by a freaking kid from a gyrocopter." 
<laughs> he's like, and then uh, uh, he's yelling at his driver, come on, get away from this guy. So eventually I got close. I was like, you know what? Screw this. And I got close and I just shotgunned him right out of the, 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 the truck. And he like falls out of the truck. And it's like, okay, you killed Pagan. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of anticlimactic. Oh, really? See, I had to chase him and he was like hiding in some building. And I had to go oh, get no, him. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I, sh- I shot him. I shotgunned him right out of that Jeep, whatever he was in. He fell right out of it. And um, so I, I land. Mine was oh, different. Ahead, Mine was different too, completely. Oh, well, yeah. So he's driving away, and I, I, sh- I killed him on that thing. So I land my gyro, and I walk over, and there he is. He's right there. And then shortly after that, you hear Pagan's voice on your radio. It's like, ah, oh, Jay. He's talking to you, and you're like, I killed you. And he's and he's like, uh, you didn't kill me. That like uh, that was a double. And he's like, uh, uh, he's like the only uh, the only crime he ever had was having fantastic cheekbones. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, do you know how much it costs to to yeah. get one of these? You know. Yeah, and, and he's like, and that's a, great, a lot of great lines. He's like, you thought that was me? That guy's not even Asian. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's great because like now every time I see Pig, and he's like, who do you think's on on the money? And like the statue that you take down later, he's like, yeah, oh. that was funny. <laughs> he's like, uh, uh, j- when I sit here and think about how long Eric had to pose for that, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and he does um, what's it called? So now w- when he says that guy wasn't even Asian. Now I see myself looking at propaganda posters and looking at like pictures of him and looking at like, you know, even game marketing for it. There are pagan men, uh, you know, portrayals of him that are definitely not Asian. And I'm like, that's Eric. That's Eric. That's pagan. <laughs> that's Eric. That's pagan. So it's so cool just knowing that there were, uh, there's two versions. Yeah, so you've killed his body double, his secret mm-hmm. body double. And, yeah, that's when you're the Golden Path and you're watching TV. And, he, yeah, he comes on to give a speech to the karate people because he wants to assure them that he's perfectly fine and yep. he's in control. It sounded like you said karate people. <laughs> <laughs> We're all kung fu fighting. Um, but he also, you know, kind of... Very purposefully lets you know about Yuma, right? Mm-hmm. And like, oh, and he kind of like right. he gives like, her up. He's like baiting you, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think he's baiting you. I think he's dropping hints to you. He's baiting you, yeah. I, I yeah, I come I think here his intent- and confront yeah. Yuma. Do whatever you want with her. Here's where she is. Okay, we'll we'll yeah, talk he- about that a little bit later in a minute. But uh, okay, but anyway, it's this. Oh yeah, all right. Come on, come come get my you know Yuma. Come get her, sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so basically, you do right. I mean, you mm-hmm. go to go get Yuma. It's like the very next thing you do. Yeah. And which which is weird because you're like sitting there with all these Golden Path people. If that was a real thing, you would then turn to each other and be like, "Let's go get this bee." But everybody's like, all right, peace, peace. <laughs> Let us know how that goes. Have fun fighting Yuma. Yeah. And I don't know. That drives me nuts, too, because you go in there to get her, and she obviously has a perfect chance to kill you, yeah. capture you, but anything she, she wants to, you, uh, like several times over, and you still end up winning. But she wants yeah. you. Right? Does she? Or is that just you on whatever she blew into your face? I mean, you're pretty drugged, <laughs> but I think she was, you know, going to do you, right? I mean, that was the whole thing. <laughs> I don't was know. That? Yeah. I didn't get that vibe. No, she was laying next to you on the rock or whatever. Yeah, and, and she's, she, yeah, she said no weapons in bed type yeah, thing. Yeah, she's and, coming on yeah. to you pretty hard. But you mm. had kind of, like in the in the prison earlier, you had that scene too where she had the exact same pose where she had her, like, shirt kind of unzipped, showing a little bit of skin. Uh-huh. 
Um, the exact same pose was used in both spots. Um, I think it's just you kind of wishful thinking during the, the situation. You think? That's what I got out of it. But to me, it was kind of odd. Like, she was going to try to, like, take control of you or, or like, put you under her thrall or something. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, uh, you're dead. She wanted you to take the 310 to Yuma. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but um, <psh. laughs> Oh, man. Uh... <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> now I have to put the titles 310 to I, Yuma. <laughs> I, 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 dropped, I dropped the mic, but this thing is expensive. <laughs> but it, it really, it, to me, it was really anticlimactic. It's like, okay, and pfft, you're dead. Yeah. yeah. And, you, yeah, yeah, and then you well, just wake well, up and she's with, laying there dead. Yeah, she's just dead. Yeah, and, and especially with how much Pagan worked her up as, like, you know, like my most dangerous general. And just like, oh, wow, this is going to be a fight. And it's like, ah, uh, it wasn't But really. you know, during that speech he gave, when he's trying to build her up, it's kind of like half-hearted. You know what I mean? It's, oh, mm. you know. So <laughs> she, like, she knew even if like she... Jack Sparrow right there. Okay. Even if she killed you, uh-huh. Pagan, Pagan's not happy with her, so she's got another problem thereafter. So I don't know why she'd just mm-hmm. let you kill her unless she thinks Pagan's going to kill her after. I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, I wasn't super invested in this in the story of uh, Yuma once it just kind of seemed to f- like f- fizz away. Like there that. wasn't yeah. much story to Yuma. Well, it was like he saved her as a child or something like that, the, right? The, no, she had ties to the triad in Hong Kong. Oh, was that what it was? But he was he yeah. had spent time in Hong Kong, right? He had come from there. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, they introduced her so late into the game and then killed her off fairly early after introducing her that they didn't have time to flesh her out. Yeah, not much. Not just, much happened. Just like uh, what do you call it, um, General Grievous? <laughs> <laughs> just exactly like General like Grievous. Three yeah. t- three ten to Grievous. There's your title. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was gonna say I was gonna say Count Dooku, but he was in most of the uh, the number the second one. And then he he's, dies three seconds into the third Worst one. Worst you know. name ever. Isn't it bad? <laughs> Dooku. I, I thought it was Doku. And for a while, oh, Doku, that's pretty cool. When I found out it was actually pronounced Dooku, I then hated it. I like it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was different. Okay, um, now that I look at it, though, now I guess I have mixed a couple different things up in my head, but... This is now the one where Amida or Sabal, they want you to go either destroy the statues uh, or or not. The, like, that temple on the island, right? Yes. See, yeah. I was thinking yeah. there was another mission earlier where your thing was like set into a hill. But this is, yeah. There was. This is the, yeah, one, on, had, this is the one on the island. Right. Yeah, yeah, the island was the latest. It was the last one. Right. So um, with... Uh, Amida, it's this whole thing, right? Like, uh, we have to destroy it because this is gonna, you know, it's just repressing women or whatever, right? Basically, like, this is a symbol of the repressive nature of this old mm-hmm. culture and how it treats right. women and everything else. So we have to end it forever. So it, yeah. right. And so Sabal's, what was Sabal's what about, angle? Uh, before that, you, you talked to Badra, which we haven't even mentioned yet <laughs> for some reason. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, she's like, um, what they call her, the Tehran Dala or something. Tehran, something. something yeah, yeah, she's she's like a goddess reborn, basically in human form, and they mm-hmm. they want to treat her as such and and kind of do the ceremony. Her, 
Yeah, make her live this this monk like lifestyle where she's like this spiritual leader, and she's like what, like a twelve year old girl? Yeah, and then, and then like Amita's sister. Oh, were they related? I I don't know. I didn't pick up on that. I thought they were just close because they were both in like leadership roles. Oh, maybe I. She was kind of just a scared kid, but yeah. Um, I always I I at least I thought because they were always together. I always thought Amita maybe was yeah. related or something. I thought she just took on like a sister role. I, I could didn't be think wrong. They were actually related. Yeah, I could be wrong. But, but anyway, yeah. Before before you get this mission to go destroy or liberate the temple, Badra comes to you and basically says says the two options and says I can't make this decision. I don't know what to do. I, they will listen to you. So whatever you choose, we'll we'll go with. Okay. So, uh, what did you guys choose to do? I went with Amita on this one. I destroyed that thing. All right. Um, Bill? Sabal, right? I went with with Sabal. So I'm going to be curious because the idea there is that, you know, you're saving Badra from this fate so she can live, you know, a life that she wants to choose. So what happens then if you save it then, Bill? Do you remember? Um, I immediately regretted the decision (laughs) after the mission was over. Um, because you like you kind you kind of see this coming a little bit, but it really takes a nasty turn. Um, Sabal, you know, has really got a little bit of a uh, 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 what do you call it? Like a uh, uh, he's got a superiority or a power complex uh-huh. or something going on. So, but he becomes incredibly sinister once you make the decision to do this, and and you and you know you uh, you know you save this. Once you're done with that, as soon as the mission's over, like the cutscene changes to him, like marching the people who, uh, who were with Anita, just marching, like, you know, like handcuffing them, marching, like right in front of this temple. And he's talking to all of them and he's talking about how, like, you know, like how they betrayed, like their way of life and how, like, and one, and one by one, Sabal's people are slitting their throats like golden path people. Oh, whoa. And, 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 and they're saying, and they're saying, and Sabal's like, as far as I'm concerned, you're slitting, like, you decided to slit your own throat or you're slitting your own throat. But like, they're like, there's like a dozen of them and they're all kneeling in a line and Sabal's just talking to them one at a time as their throats are being slit. And he's like, good work, brother. And then like, it kind of fades away and then Sabal's not there. So. They're co- the, I haven't done it yet. I've I finished the main uh, story of the game, but I still haven't confronted Sabal after the main story is over because I I still don't know what to make of him. We forgot. He, he... We forgot to mention too that they they really stress before you make that decision that whoever you pick is going to basically lead the golden yeah. path. Yeah. This, From this then is, on, yeah. This is the final decision you'll have to make. Yeah. 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 This is it. But yeah, like so. And and the thing is, once you. I think I think it's either right before or right after the mission. Um and then Sabal, like he really it's almost like I know there's so many references. Um do you guys see the third Hobbit movie, the one that just came out? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's just like that. For everyone who's listening who's seen that, you know how what's his face uh uh gets like all crazy and he thinks everyone's against him? Like yeah, like Sabal is like uh like uh, she's gone too far this time. You have to kill Anita. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. We're not quite there I, yet. Yeah. yeah. We're not. I, I, that happens right after that mission well, for me. Well, um, oh, go ahead, Krabby. Uh, it's just like probably third or second mission where you started getting choices. I, I was getting really 
bad vibes from Sabal and started siding more with mm-hmm. Amita, except for when it came to drugs. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I didn't see something going that far with him. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, uh... He's a killer. Um, well, with Amita, if you side and you destroy this place, I mean, you kind of save, you know, Badra from her fate. And uh, basically, Sabal is angry and just sort of takes off, right? And that crabby, and that way, the way it goes, he just like forget yeah, it, this. I'm I'm leaving or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He just decides to ditch. So, and then Amita says, "Hey, we know where Sabal is. Here's what we want you to do: go put a bullet in him." Yep. Wow. And then are there guys, when you go to do that, are there guys guarding him that you have to fight through Golden Path? No, you just walk up to his cabin and open the door. All right. Well, there is one thing I think we're skipping over first, though, because there is a mission where the town is getting bombarded by the artillery. That's awesome. And, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So um, I don't know how it plays out on the other end, but since I went with Amita, she says, you know, you have to go save the town by taking out this artillery. And I think while it's going on, you know, basically you hear... That's when Sabal slinks away. Yeah. And you hear Sabal, like, you know, on the radio, you know, telling you, good luck. You know, basically it's like, you know, you do whatever because I'm not helping or whatever anymore. So wait, you had to go take out the artillery yourself? So I was defending the town and every, you know, 30, 40 seconds, whatever, there was like a bombardment, but I just had to hide from the bombardment. And then I was like, so then be another wave of guys. And after each bombardment, Sabal was like, all right, we got the next artillery. Um, you know, take care of that next wave. And then 30 more guys would come in and we'd shoot them. Okay, cover for the next bombardment. And then Sabal was taking care of the artillery. Uh. All he was doing was defending the area. Ah, so you were in the town seat. So, Krabby, did yes. you have what I had then, the arti- where you had to take out the artillery? Yeah, you're up where the artillery's firing, and you're, oh, so cool. there's like a sapper team that comes in and destroys the first one, and then they get killed, mm-hmm. and then you pick up their equipment and go set up to destroy the next few artilleries. I, I was in the village, and like, okay, they're coming in from the east, and then, you know, like a whole bunch of... Uh, you know, like snipers and heavies and guys, and, and you're shooting them, and then it's like, okay, the, the like, you know, the, take cover right now, right. and you have like 12 seconds, and you have to run until Whoa. there's like eight cover spots like uh, throughout the town that you have to get to. Um, but it's just every, and then Sabal's, you know, taking out the artillery, but you don't see where it's happening. Right. You just know it's happening off somewhere else. No, you like each each artillery in this other separate city has a commander. So you take out all the commanders mm-hmm. first, and then once you've secured the area, then this team comes up to to take out the artilleries. Nice. Okay, so it's after this point that I'm going to guess both Zabal and Amita turn to you and go, "Hey, look, the other ones got to go." Right? Yeah. So you they task you with going to kill whoever you didn't side with. Is that what happened right. with Sabal? Yes, that's what happens, and he's, you know, he really kind of seems, like, torn over, like, not torn, he seems conflicted about it. He's like, oh, you know, I, I, it, she just, she, she doesn't know what she's doing, she's, she's gone too far, she's spitting on her culture, like, I never thought it would come to this, but, but she has to go, like, you know, it's, I, I can't, I, I can't do it, or something like that. Um, what really bothered me, though, is, cause you just said when you, when you go to, uh, encounter uh, Sabal in his uh, tent. There's, you know, there's no one around. You just walk up to him, and then you have your confrontation. Um, with Anita, when you, when you, just as you approach, and you, you're hundreds of feet, or like you know, maybe a couple hundred yards away, the Golden Path were loyal to her still, because you know you've been slitting people's throats over here. Are they and on sight? They start attacking. Oh wow! You. 
the only way to get to her is to kill these like half dozen or dozen golden path that are that are guarding her. So you have no choice on that. So I had to kill those guys that were attacking me or else they would have killed me. And then I can have my encounter with uh, Anita. So tell me what happens then with Amita, and then I guess we can talk about the flip side. I guess Krabby did what I did, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so with Amita, so I, I walk in, and it becomes one of those cutscene-type things, kind of like similar to, like, a Longinus or, like, a Herc, where, um, you know, it's you're kind of following her, you know, visually around the room, and, and you're talking about, you know, like, why you did what you did and why she did what she did. And she, and she, you know, she sees you and she's like, you, he sent you to kill me. Like, you know, not one of his own, like he's using you. So, and the thing is, you never feel like she's trying to convince you not to kill her. You really feel like she's just telling you, this is how it is. You're getting played, whatever. Like, I know how it is, but you know, this and that. So basically you, she doesn't really give you any information that like, you know, you don't know, like no surprises or twists or anything. Um, but then you are given a choice. Like you take control. You have your handgun, you know, you can kill her or not kill her. And as much as I didn't want, I had already sided with Sabal, so I didn't want to, you know, uh, not go on the mission for him. But at the same time, it's a lot like the hitman who, like, tells his boss, like, yeah, the job's done. And he tells the mark, get out of here and never come back. Um, I just didn't pull the trigger. And after, like, five or ten seconds, she just takes a breath and she's like, she's not grateful to you at all for, for not killing her. She's like, uh, she's like, well, uh, you may not be uh, pulling the trigger on me, but you are killing Karat. And then she takes off, and uh, pre- you, presumably you never hear from her again, or at least I haven't so far in the game. But I haven't gone to confront to him yet. He might know she's still alive, but you do go back to Sabal and say, "All right, it's taken care of." And he's like, "Well done, brother." So if you've sided with Amita, of course you come up to her on this hillside, and and she's kind of very. Uh, Krabby, you think very matter of fact about the thing that Sabal has to go. Yeah, she. I don't know if she thinks there's another option, but she tries to convince you that there's no other option. Like the only thing that can be done is we can kill kill Sabal, and that'll end any split there is in the Golden Path. Everyone will be loyal to her after that. Is what she she tries to basically tell yeah, you. Yeah, and she doesn't him haul around about like oh uh, uh, or it's just this no. is what we got to do. Yeah, this is what we got to do. Go and do it. Yeah. Um, so she sends you off, and yeah, it's just uh, some balls in a cabin, just hiding out, right? Just, yeah, chilling, no guards, nothing. You walk up, you open the door, and then you have your confrontation. There's there's no no one with him. Yeah, and um, if, if my memory serves, he's kind of a little disdainful at oh, you, yes. right? <laughs> very much so. Yeah, he doesn't like you very much. He's kind of thinks you're spitting on the country and are going to lead it to ruin. Uh, he's not very happy with you at all or Amita. And then you get to that same sort of point where you can pull the trigger or not, right? Yep. And so, Krabby, what'd you do? I let him be. Didn't, didn't shoot. Didn't pull. So what happens? Um, he kind of tells you off, uh, he's holding a knife the whole time, like making you kind of feel uncomfortable while you're speaking with him and he drops it into the floor and then he just kind of walks past you almost like he wants to like shoulder check you on the way by and says like, I'm off, I'm out of here. Good luck with whatever you're doing. Okay. I shot him. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I would have shot him if I known what he was going to become. Um, I just straight out, as soon as I was, I didn't even hesitate. As soon as I got the gun pulled up, I just shot him. Oh, that's because you, you told me, you didn't tell me who it was, but you said, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but there is one person that I didn't hesitate for a second. Uh, I just shot Stone him. Stone cold, 
dead. And wow. really, that's it. I mean, you shoot him, and that's it. You just like, oh, it's done. No one like shows up and nope. says, "What did you do?" <laughs> it's just <laughs> there's this body, and okay, <laughs> it's done. Can you pick it up and hide no. it? No. <laughs> uh. Ah, okay. Um, so really, then you've kind of either way you've went, you've unified the golden path uh, against Pagan, right. and it's time to go up to his, you know, final place. To go get him, uh, which is like this big slog you have to go through, this path, this one way you couldn't go before to get through sort of this fortress that leads up to where he is at, way up in the mountains, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's where you kind of go back to the thing we were talking about before, where like there's like a big golden statue of him that gets destroyed. Yeah, and it's like the last thing that you like pull down, and and he, he has these jokes about like... You know, I've noticed, you know, with the posters, this, like, you really just don't like likenesses of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's very, like, he doesn't ever he's seem... playful. Yeah, never yeah. angry. Never very Should, angry yeah, about anything. Should I be it. taking this personally? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just always kind of like, ah, well, you know... Yeah, maybe we should talk about this. At some, he's very, you know, like jovial about the whole thing. Right. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you've got this long bit to get to his place, and you get up to him, and uh, then we kind of really reach the... The kind of the crux, the ending piece. So um, you walk in. Pagan's there. He's not trying to do anything. He's just kind of hanging out at the table. And he kind of goes into this. having some crab rangoon? Come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he basically just lays out. Like, uh, you know, I I asked you to stay here, right? So we can, you know, you've got two choices, basically. You know, we can sit down. And we can have a conversation about this stuff, or, you know, you can do whatever you're going to do. Did anybody shoot Pagan? No. No. Nope. He's way, way too interesting to take out of the world. <laughs> yeah, I had to see what he was going to say. And that is not a video game thing. Like, that's that's very much like if I was standing there with a gun in my hand with that guy right there, the world is a more interesting place with him in it. Yeah, I mean, even if you thought... Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, well, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't that guy disagree out. that it's not interesting, but interesting doesn't always mean better. That's that's how I decide who I kill and not kill. So By how interesting they are. By how interesting level. <laughs> so why did you not kill him then, Krabby? Um, I, like, we killed so many people already, I don't like the close-up <laughs> ones. Okay. <laughs> I'm staring right at him from, like, five feet away, so it was like, If you, no. if, if there was a button to drop a poison pill in his coffee so he died the next day, would you have done it? No, like, like, you hear all the bad things Pagan's done? I experienced uh-huh. all the bad things that Golden Path had done. They were far worse than Pagan <laughs> in any point of this game. Like, he, he may have done horrible genocides before I got there. Those weren't brought up. Well, and that's what he really kind of goes into, right? Is he launches into this, well, you know, kind of, you've been running around the countryside, you know, basically killing yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, you know, talking about Amitar Sabal, and I mean, I'm not sure if he said the same thing to you guys, but he says, you know, um, uh, you've, you've taken care of one of them, whether you decided to kill them or not. He says, you know what choice you made. Um, and then you'll have to deal with the other. And he kind of goes into this, kind of letting you know that they necessarily aren't the best people that they, right? They're not, they're not oh, that, wonderful people. The last choice mm-hmm. we had to pick which one of them's leading was horrible because they were both bad options. Yeah, they're both bad. 
But and the only the only thing I had with that is like, okay, I'm gonna play along with it for now because I don't want like everyone murdering me. But once I let Amita go, I ha- again I said I haven't confronted Sabal yet. I assume that I'm gonna get another chance with Sabal, and I'm just like Chris. I'm not hesitating. Uh, he's done. Um, I'll be interested to yeah see what happened because um since you let him live um right. since I killed I'll him I don't I never ran into him again obviously. Yeah, I'll see if I get another chance or not. Um, but you had this long conversation with Pagan, um, mm. and uh, you kind of get to realize, at least I got the feeling that, you know, he, he just having this conversation, like, you know, I I brought you here. Why did you right. do all of this, right? I, I, right? I just, I asked you to come here to sit down where you wanted to come and spread your mother's ashes, okay? And mm-hmm. and and then all of a sudden you take off and you're killing people all over the countryside, yeah. right? And, yep, and this and this is where he, you know, comes back to, you know, like, what did I say? Yeah. Like, what did I say when we first met? I said, sit down. Enjoy the crab rangoon. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, right, be back. right back. Yeah, and then he, and then he says, and then I think this is where it leaked um, before the game came out that there was an alternate ending within a half hour of starting the game, um, which I wasn't a fan. I don't, I don't like that that got leaked because um, I think this is the kind of thing that you really should discover after beating the whole game. And he says to you, if you had just listened and waited, yep. I would have helped you. I would have done everything. And then you start thinking. Would that have happened? And then you go start the game over again, and you can find out, yeah, it would have happened. And then what this brings me to, I know it's, uh, we're, you know, jumping around, but it brings me to the song that plays at the beginning of the game and the song that plays at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should I stay what or should I go now? What is that right? song, Krabby? Uh, should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go now? Uh huh. And, it plays before you even get that decision in the beginning of the game, so you're not even thinking about it. But then after he explains to you if you just stayed there, and then during the credits when the song is playing, you're like, oh my god, should I stay? <laughs> or should I go now? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, ex- and, and, so I, so obviously nobody, you know, shot Pagan when he gives you the choice. Um, I, you know, I would assume the credits roll and then you can keep monitoring the world, but, uh, but yeah, he has a conversation with you. You, you calmly sit down. You have a little bit of a talk. He explains, you know, he almost explains like he's been rooting for you. That's it. That's it. I, that's why I think he says like the whole time that, you know, that's it. He brought you, he, he came here. We're going to go do this together. I'm going to help you spread your mother's ashes. So I even got the feeling that when you decided to go flake out and go kill people all over the place, I still, put things in place to help you. Like he arranged right. his like minions under him to kind of almost offer them up to protect you. He seems like he fancies himself as your actual father. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if you read yeah. all the, did you guys read all the Mohan Gale journal journals? God, yes. no, uh, <laughs> I did. Uh, but we can get to that in a minute. Um, but you have this conversation, and then he takes you to put the ashes up, right? Yeah, he's, he's like, "Let's go. It's right out here." Yeah, and yeah, and he has a great conversation with you on the way there. Now, that conversation is that enlightened at all by those letters? Yeah, because um, it it's not enlightened by the letters, but it uh, uh is it, it, it is it proved true or false by the letters? Yes, mm-hmm. 
it is it is it is confirmed by the letters. Oh, or, or, the, or, or the letters and his conversation uh, uh, match. What's the word? That yeah, they match each other. Okay. Yeah, because like the whole time, you know, he's talking to you about all this killing and stuff you've done. Corroborate. Sorry, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> and you know, he's talked about you know how you kind of went on a rampage or whatever, and he kind of was like, "It's exhilarating, isn't it?" <laughs> he's, yeah, he's kind of like uh, one of his best lines. He, he said uh, uh, was when he said, uh, you know, like he he went in like one way and he came out like this. And what was really surprising to me is that he knows that he's insane, and he says that he knows that he's insane. And I always thought what was so interesting about that is, you know, they, they always say, like, you know, most people, like, the people who are insane, they don't know that they're insane. They think there's nothing wrong with them, but he knows that they're that he's insane. And that's it. I kind of gathered that at the end, he's not. He's kind of been working some of this stuff actually to help you and protect you. It's just you are on the wrong side at times. Not that he is a saint, because he isn't <laughs> uh, at all, but... He has this point, right? Like, you've been running around with all these rebels that are just murdering people like crazy. Mm-hmm. And what, what what was he doing? He wasn't sending his guards out after you. You were attacking his guards the mm-hmm. whole time. He wasn't sending the fight to you. They were bringing it and using you to fight him. So you were the pawn kind of in the whole thing, and he just wanted to kind of... Doesn't he mention, too, when you get to, when you confront him at the end there, that he's like, I let all the staff go home so you didn't murder everybody on <laughs> yeah, your way out yeah. here to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, and and the whole time, like, at the beginning even, it talks about how you're supposed to... Re- no, and then, and then he says, you probably, he's like, yeah, I left them home. He's like, you probably killed some of them on the way in here. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, the whole time, you know, you, your mom would ask you to return your ashes to wherever. And you always think that's right. a place. Right. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, yeah. She, it, it was return to Lakshmana. Yeah. yeah that, that was and a weird I, and, part. The whole game is nobody seemed to know what that was or where that meant. No. And, and I totally thought it was a place. Me too. Find Lakshmana. I'm like, okay, we got to find this place yes. to go put this thing back. Yep. Uh, but you find inside there that there's an urn uh, with Lakshmana in it. Mm-hmm. And you're placing the urn next to Lakshmana's yeah, it's like a, urn. Yeah, it's like a little shrine that Pagan has kept and protected. And, and when yep. you read Mohangale's journals, what you realize is that um, when Pagan first came in, because there was like another royal family or something at mm-hmm. some point in time, and Mohan served them. Um, but they kind of overthrew that. Um, right. And... Pagan helped do that. He, they brought him in. or And at first, Mohan was like, oh, I think Pagan's great. You know, he's come in. He's going to liberate us from this stuff. And then he started kind of thinking that Pagan was not very good. And his wife, he wanted to kind of infiltrate Pagan's ranks. And so he sent his wife to go and kind of be a spy amongst mm-hmm. Pagan. Um, but what really happened was that his wife took up with Pagan. She liked him. Um, so he became extremely bitter and very angry uh, at this and kind of started the golden path as a way to kind of crush this because the spurned love that he had. And Pagan and your mother had a child, right? That was Lakshmana. Mm-hmm. So your half-sister because, you, you know, with your, your mother and with Pagan. Right, and she passed away. 
um, and you were f- swept out of the country early with your mother, right. basically well, by pagan. Right. Right. Well, she didn't pass away. I don't remember that part. So what happened to her? Mo- Mohan killed oh, Lakshmana. Okay. I didn't remember that and part. And then who killed? And then your mother killed Mohan. Killed Mohan for killing the half daughter, and then she fled the country okay. with infant AJ. Yeah, all right. So, and it was a, it was a little hard to follow the first time because as you're walking towards that shrine, he's like, "Oh, you know, it's just like when you know, like when Mohan killed uh, uh, Ishwari," and it kind of stops, and you're like, "Wait, what?" And then he's like, "Oh, like you didn't know that," and then Lakshmana. You kind of put it all t- yeah. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Laksh- Lakshmana. Um. So. Yeah, so, and the thing is, from the very first part of the game, when Pagan meets you, and he looks at you, and he's like, oh, I'd, re- I'd, I'd recognize those eyes anywhere. Uh-huh. My first my first thought was, oh, Pagan's my father, or, you know, like, I'm not supposed to know, but Pagan's my father, and mm-hmm. the thing, you know, there's there's Mohan Gali, so you're like, well, Mohan's my father, so, like, what the hell's going on? So then when you kind of find out, like, oh, I'd recognize those eyes anywhere, he's talking about your relation to your mother, who he was in love with. And he does kind of talk about that, that very first dinner. He starts talking a little yes. bit about your, your mother. A- absolutely. Talks about how much he loved her. So you're like, like you're thinking, I, at least I was thinking he's, he's building it. He think he's my father. or He thinks he is, or he's trying to get me to think of it that way. When it's really, it's, there's a twist on that. It's not exactly there, but you're close. Right. So you, you're in there and you, you place the urn. And you come mm-hmm. back out of the shrine, and Pagan is getting on a helicopter. One more, one more great line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, basically he says, um, "I'm giving you the kingdom, but I'm keeping the helicopter." Yeah, I'm keeping the helicopter, <laughs> and he f- and, flies away. Well, you, you, the player is given control back again, so you do have one last chance to shoot him down. But oh, I didn't really? switch. Oh, yeah. I didn't even switch to a weapon. I was like, you know, happy trails, buddy. Yeah, I was, yeah, at that point in time, you kind of almost admire him. And you can almost understand how he could go a little insane with these things that happened with his daughter and the woman he loved. So, I mean, I think that was it. I think, you know, like, as far as the interactions with his subordinates, and that's what I was going to say with Yuma, I think in that speech, he's basically trying to let you know, like, I'm going to play this out, but really what I'm doing is setting you up to go get Yuma and take her out, right? Because I don't want right. you to die. I want you to win. Because right. that's the whole thing. It's like, I'm going to give up everything I have to you, and I was going to do that anyway. So I'm going to help you do that so you can get here and you can take over the country. Because that's it. Basically, at the end, he's leaving you as king, right? So have they have they planned any DLC where you're the warlord and Amida's golden path attacks you now? <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> or, um, or some I, balls. I actually, yeah, I actually haven't. I know there's like a you know a season pass and everything, and there's like the a uh, handful of uh, things that have been announced, but I haven't heard anything specifically about anything like that. It'd be interesting, though. I think the only thing I've heard of is there's Herc for people that didn't get it originally, and then um, there's something about Yetis. <laughs> yes, there's of a course. Yeti thing, and I and I thought there might have been a prison break uh, thing, but I could be making that up. Yeah, Do you I get to uh, hunt and skin the Yeti for a new, <laughs> new delightful clothing? With I don't know, you've already used it's the flamethrower. What else would you use? Throwing knives on the Yeti? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you'd have to use uh, uh, grenades only. To, yeah, Molotovs. Well, I use those on the elephant already. So, uh, what could you use? Harpoon gun. <laughs> 
There you go. <laughs> Arpoon the Yeti. So, <laughs> so kind of tying it all up. I... There's the show name. <laughs> Arpoon the Yeti. Arpoon the Yeti. Um, kind of, you know, closing thoughts on the storyline. So, uh, I guess give you guys a, a couple minutes. So, Krabby, you want to start? Kind of what you took away from it, or what you thought? Um, I don't think I was attached to it as you guys were because there was so much space in between each story section. I, I would have would have liked it more compressed. Um, and a little bit of that was me just, you know, aimlessly wandering at the start until I figured out how the game worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but even after I figured out how it worked, um, the missions are pretty long and you'd have all the, you'd have to do a few radio towers and stuff in between just to be able to traverse easily. Mm-hmm. So you'd spend a couple hours in between each small like one to two minute cutscene. Um so I didn't feel like there was enough meat in those cutscenes to justify the length in between them. And very few like Pagan was interesting, but he was what in like three scenes the whole time and the rest was a few short radio transactions. Yeah, I think I really wish there would have been more of him. But I can understand without giving too much away why they did it the way they did it. Because if not, Mm -hmm. you'd have to almost learn that Pagan really was rooting for you, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I just, I felt that overall it was kind of weak and I, the more I played with the golden path, the less good I felt about what I was doing too. I think that was intentional, right? Yeah, that, that was very much intentional. That doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> right. You're made to think towards the end that what I'm doing is not yeah, it's good. Like you like look, I you look was. back at the last 10 hours of things I've done and it's like, well, maybe that wasn't the best oh. thing I could have done. <laughs> yeah. Right. So by the end, you're kind of ready for Pagan to tell you all of these things and kind of how maybe you made the wrong choice up front. Sure. And I, and I think that played out how they wanted because the three of us who played very differently at times all made the exact same choice at the ending. And I think they kind of led us to make that choice. Yeah. Bill? Uh, just overall thoughts you were, you're looking for? Yeah, just storyline wrapping it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the game a lot. Um, I don't think the story is anything, you know, groundbreaking. Like when you find out it's, it's not like, you know, as big a shock as some other games have been. Um, I think it does tie together, um, uh, very nicely. Um, I didn't really get the, you know, feel bad about all the things that I've been doing as much as like a better person probably would. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, this is exactly, like exactly the kind of game that I want to play. And we talked about it before and it's totally cool if there's people who aren't, aren't into this type of game. But, uh, you know, between like, you know, Assassin's Creed, uh, four a couple of years ago, which I absolutely loved. And, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, and then Far Cry three, Blood Dragon, Far Cry four. Um, I love, 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 love getting dropped into a game and not having to go to a story thing. Like just, you know, just go hunt for a little while. Um, and Red Dead Redemption was the same way for me. Like just, I had stuff that I could go do, but it's like, I'm going to shoot some birds for a while and, you know, just like, you know, kind of do all this, like, you know, like random side stuff. And there's, it's not like I like that stuff in every game. I only like it when I'm having fun with what I'm doing, but yeah, overall game, fantastic. Um, story I thought was great. Uh, it's the, this, the middle of the game, like the missions, like Amita, Sabal, like the order, like it just kind of seems like a little bit, like it blended together a little bit. Um, I don't think Yuma was fleshed out enough. I would have liked to have seen a lot more Pagan. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall, I'm very happy. Now, I understand you, like, liking the mechanics and stuff, like, go hunt, go drive a vehicle. Like, having all those options makes total mm-hmm. sense to me. 
But the story stuff, like I always find, if if I want to get invested with a story, I need like a very coherent world, and I need everything to, not everything like having to focus on it, but nothing mm-hmm. taken away from it. So like the racing missions, like taking away from that sense of urgency, the just like having like maps that people made up of all the propaganda posters around town instead of tearing them down, they made up a map of them or yeah. all the loot crates. Like how is that even possible? They put a loot crate of a car that flipped under the water and right. like things like that didn't tie the world together nicely for me. So even even though I'm in a fantasy world and I you know have to have some kind of suspension of disbelief, the the world wasn't coherent enough for me to keep caring about it all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because like, even like Assassin's Creed is so out there with the story and crazy, but it all makes sense within its world that is created that I can I can stick with it. Uh, at the same time, though, there are like a thousand like single feathers that yes. are just in random places that you're collecting for like your like mute brother to like <laughs> finally speak again. You know what I mean? Like, so there's always going to be stuff that like that, like yeah. someone in marketing because is like video games. Hey, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, we got to have this thing in there too because of this. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm totally with you. And, you know, I, 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 it's not that I don't look for stuff like that. Um, sometimes I make a conscious effort not to see that stuff because like it does kind of tear the world apart for me, but I really just, it's not something that I notice unless it's just blatant uh, yeah. and flagrant. Um, if it's just like, oh, you buy a map for items because you buy a map for items, you know, like something like that. But yeah. uh, t- I think t- it's. Every game's like that. Like even like yeah. Final Fantasies that I, I very much enjoy, they they follow the plot and they make sense. And then you get to this point where you you know you get your chocobo or your airship and say, like, oh, I can go collect cards now instead of save the world. Yeah. Or I I can go yeah. you know dig for treasure and yeah, I'm just yeah, gonna go it kind of falls apart all the yeah. ones. Yeah, I go to the casino for nine years and bet on horse <laughs> racing. Well, <laughs> let's be honest though, you don't have to do any of that. You choose to do that, right? Sure. They, they're in that world, though, and then the if you're not, if you, you know, like, if you literally just go from story to story to story, then you've probably got a coherent world, I'd assume. Right, but, but you, you chose to go chase all these little goofball things down. Well, I couldn't figure out how to I find did. the stories at first, so I don't know I how chose. conscious that choice was at off right off the bat. But it was definitely some conscious choices later on. Like I want to get all the propaganda posters and see what happens. I want to finish the Longinus missions and see what happens and. Those were choices. But yeah, at the start, I, I really couldn't find the story missions to keep going if I wanted to. No, I understand. Uh, well, I don't think there was any revelatory moment that was quite a, you know, would you kindly kind of moment. Um, mm-hmm. I still think that the little bit when you kind of figure that um, Pagan's probably more on your side, quite honestly, through the whole thing uh, right. than against you whatsoever – uh, I think that was impactful because you start to kind of go, who was the bad guy? And you kind of have to almost take a minute and kind of go, maybe it was I, you. Maybe I it was, was the you. bad guy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There's no question. You kill more people than anybody in there. Exactly. Game. And you have to, and you, that's a weird well, twist. Si- si- since you showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Since you showed up. Yes. That's, that's the issue, right? It's a weird twist to go, I know who the bad guy is. I'm the hero. Let me go kill the bad guy. And you get, you get to the end, you kind of go, Oh, uh, hmm. I guess in real life, I probably shouldn't go around and murder thousands of people, right? Uh, so he makes good, coherent points, I think, that uh, – and I think the story, if you've read the letters and you kind of understand what you're going into at the end and kind of that last dialogue, 
I think it uh, makes a lot of sense for him as a character and kind of his motivations and why he's maybe a little eccentric after everything he's been through. But I think it, it did a good job of kind of pulling it all together. And uh, I was glad I was glad to see May, uh, Pagan, you know, just kind of take off at the end. I'm like, maybe we'll see more of him. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Him, him and Willis will have a spinoff now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? Um, Pagan and Willis sharing <laughs> an apartment. <laughs> do, do you guys f- like the hunting missions? Go back to that again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You're like sawing a chunk of an animal out and throwing it in your bag. You never felt uncomfortable during that. <laughs> now wait a minute. Now the whole time you're doing the he's always like, Ugh, uh, exactly, uh. yeah. And then and then you get to like a group of guards and you just whip it at them. <laughs> Here so, I found this animal garbage. Uh, and then, yeah, and then like a bear comes and eats half of them. It's so yeah. weird. Here's the thing, Krabby. You want to play yeah. co-op if nothing else. For when you're Herc and you gut the animals, he's always like, oh, God. He's always making these horrible comments about the smell and everything. Yeah. He has these great, these great the, one-liners. I think the only other game where, like, someone's expressed more uh, dis, uh, like displeasure with uh, skinning an animal was, you know, back to Red Dead. Every time you skinned one, Marsden was like, oh, my God. I hate this. Herc has some some funny little lines that go along mm. with that. Um so that's worth doing. Um, then quick, just a mechanics. Uh, you know, to me, I would just say that the um, co-op really made the game really fantastic. Uh, that was a huge addition to that um, over Far Cry 3. I think they did a fantastic job with that. Um, oh, I'm the, the PS4 touchpad is terrible for this game. Don't use it. In what does what it do? Just awful. Like, you know what would how you th- use it for? It's like your your weapon wheel, so you you put your thumb on it and move it like to the top if you wanted your main weapon, right? And then to the bottom or to the yeah, you had your really? pistol on the top, your sidearm to the left, your your main yeah, gun see, to the right, right? So see, I never go ahead. So you, you couldn't you couldn't sorry. use the trigger like to open well, a you, wheel you, up. You could, but I the same thing. Like I'm just an idiot and didn't realize that for a long time and was using this stupid spinner wheel. Oh. So you you find the one you want and then because it's so sensitive. You could move your thumb to move it again. Yeah. You'd have to hold it on the one you want for like at least a second and then let go and you'd switch to that gun. So when people are shooting at you and you need to quick switch, I would like get the wrong one or I'd just switch right. my secondary weapon or I, yeah. Uh, so I was in so, a panic. So Kel, you didn't use the weapon wheel? No, it did. That was the weapon wheel. It was just like a touchpad version of the weapon wheel though. So you didn't use the bumper to bring up the weapon wheel. That's right. You just use the okay. touchpad. As soon as you touch it, the wheel comes up, and you just oh, okay. put your th- put your thumb over whichever weapon you want to switch. But you to. you still can use L one if you want to. Yes, that was one okay, of the reasons good. I didn't find the syringes for so late was because I didn't realize you could use the trigger to pull up the other wheel that had right. the, even had though the it syringes. says it right there on the screen. Even though it says it right in <laughs> yeah. the middle of the wheel, and once, yes, and and yeah, because because I mean, and that might have come from my Far Cry three experience, just knowing. Okay, weapon wheel, you know, up, down, left, right. Also, that's where you switch your projectiles. Um, and then, you know, over to a syringes. But, like, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, if you're in a firefight and it's like, oh, crap, there's a heavy. I need to switch to the buzzer immediately. It was yeah. just, it was just left if- bumper, left bumper down with the right analog stick, and I got the buzzer, you know? Yeah, I don't have time to hover over it for a second to switch and hope they don't find me in whatever cover I'm hiding in. Right, right. Yeah, Assuming that's- I even have the luxury of cover. That seems like a weird choice to make, but at least you could avoid it. 
you know, once you knew. You you can avoid it, yes. <laughs> uh. Did you guys find, like, with the weapons, too, like, we didn't really talk about them at all. Um, They're awesome. I They're just great. found, like, my four favorites early on and never switched. Oh, some of those later weapons are so fantastic. I switched yeah. to one later one later on, the, uh, the buzzer. I ended up going with the buzzer, and you never absolutely. needed anything else after the buzzer. You just, like, move it in a horizontal line, <laughs> and you've cleared the whole outpost. Yeah. What I, that's a good point. We didn't talk about uh, guns a whole lot. Um, early on in the game, you kind of use what you find, like a lot of AKs and a lot of, you know, like you just get the bow and the upgraded bow and stuff. I, I did find that once I got um, like a decent shotgun, I forget the name of the signature that I kept as my sidearm. And then I kept a sniper rifle on the left, like, you know, like at first a little one and then the predator as you get the better and better ones and then the AMR, which is just a non-silence predator. And then I, I kept like a light machine gun on the right. So for a while it was whatever machine gun enemies were carrying. Once I unlocked the shredder, I love the shredder. It's like a little MP5, like silenced MP5 deal. And then eventually the Bushman is what takes over that spot. And then eventually, I think the Bushman is what I really like to keep in that spot. And then down was the buzzer. So for me, once I filled those four spots, unless they needed like a specialty mission, that's what I'm carrying was a, a predator on the left. Um, I forget the name of the shotgun on the top, Bushman on the right, and then on the bottom was the uh, uh, the buzzer. Did you guys ever use the heat-seeking missiles? Yes. <laughs> Those are great. Those are cool. Lock like, on I I, and... Yep, I remember I was like just firing them like in the air, just like making missiles zigzag by like moving the, the sight. I was like, oh, I can't wait to shoot helicopters with this. <laughs> yeah, you could do like just the lock-on and just fire yep. and forget it, man. Yep. Uh, well, so I would lock on, and then I would turn around and fire it like the other direction, <laughs> and then watch it turn around and follow it to the helicopter. Yeah, this game uh, is I don't definitely. Know if I unlocked that one, I it's unlocked late. every weapon. Yeah, it's that that weapon is late. Yep. But it, this game is definitely gun porn. That's for sure. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with so many of the attachments and the paint jobs and the, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, uh, and then um, I guess a couple quick side pieces, uh, probably won't talk a whole lot about, but the arena, you could go into the arena and fight and level up in the arena. Did you guys do any of that? Zero. I did. I got to rank two because you needed two to unlock a, <laughs> a, a, the perk, an upgrade. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that was it. That's the, only, that's the only upgrade I don't have on my skills uh, menu. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll get to level two eventually. I still, I still haven't you, gone in the arena. You literally just have to do the first arena mission and you're done it. It's like oh, cool. four minutes, if that. Oh, nice. Um, I got all the way up to like rank 10 or 11. Um, there is a phone, is it, there's a phone app that goes along with the arena that you can play. Oh, great. Oh, cool. Similar to uh, other Ubisoft games. Yep. So it's a little side game that if you want to play it to rank yourself up in the arena. And uh, you can build challenges for other players. Can I can nice. I link it to my Mass Effect Three app? Uh, yeah, sure, sure you can. <laughs> right, oh, good, good. Yeah, I'm I'm sure Ubisoft and EA want you teaming up. Yes, sounds sounds right. So it's like a uh, Amita and Sabal, right? Yeah, sure. Right, make a choice. <laughs> Did you go with Ubisoft or EA? <laughs> I shot the other guy. Yeah, I shot him. <laughs> and then the online features besides co-op. Did you guys try any of those at all? I'm gonna guess Krabby. The answer is no. I, I, yeah, I don't have a PSN account, so I didn't do anything online. Oh, okay. I heard I've heard that some of the custom maps are very good, and I haven't done anything with them yet. 
Um, I tried all the modes. So the custom map thing is really fun. Uh, there's some really fun maps that people have made uh, in that one. Um, I, uh, the first one I ever did, I think, is still one of my favorites, where um, it as soon as it loads, you're just free-falling in the sky uh, <laughs> towards the thing, and you have to, like, uh-oh, and like, hurry up and, like, parachute and get away, because if not, you're going to drop right into the middle of the base. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's pretty cool mode. And then there's this other, like, uh, competitive multiplayer mode, which I tried out. Don't. That's my suggestion. Don't. Um, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not into Yeah, it's, it's, it's not my jam. No, I didn't enjoy it at all. But... Uh, but I guess that's Far Cry 4, right? Nice. Well, um, for everybody that's listening, if you played through Far Cry 4, be interested to see kind of what you thought. Uh, you know, let us know. Uh, you know, did we do we hit it? Do we forget something? Uh, is there something we should have talked more about, or, or are we dead on? Uh, what choices did you make with Sabal and Amita, and did you just gun gun them down? <laughs> <laughs> be curious to hear about that. Uh, but yeah, be sure to hop on and let us know.